This week on Geeksplained, we're doing a full-on spoiler-filled review for the greatest comic book movie of all time, Avengers Endgame. So get ready on this May 1st, 2019 edition of... Wait, what? What do you mean we missed a week? Whatever it takes. Welcome back to Geeksplain, the podcast for comics, film, TV, and more. You name it, we Geeksplain it. I'm your host, Eric Kazana, and I've got a little bit of uh, housekeeping to do. As you probably guessed, last week we ended up missing uh, missing an episode. Last week did not have an episode of Geeksplained, and for that I want to apologize. We had some uh, technical difficulties going on. Uh, we're also kind of waiting to drop a full spoiler review for Avengers Endgame until the spoiler ban was lifted, which was officially this past Monday. So um, we are a week late, but we are dropping a full-on spoiler-filled review it's not just a spoiler-filled review it's a spoil spoiler-filled roundtable review i've got two very special guests that are going to be joining me for the review this time around and we're going to be talking about everything avengers endgame what it meant to us some of our favorite parts um some of the things we disliked we're also going to be talking about um our top five MCU films, where Avengers Endgame ranks up in our official Geeksplained MCU rankings. And then, of course, we have our usual news segment, which is going to be a little bit more full than usual since we got to catch up and do two weeks worth of news, as well as this week's Comics Countdown, and of course, our weekly review on the Doom Patrol show. And as I said earlier, we are going to be catching up with twice the amount of episodes since we did not have an episode for last week. So uh, we've got all that and more. It's going to be a stacked show. I can already tell. Uh, we recorded the full review previously, so we'll be jumping into that a little bit later. It is a long one. This is a doozy. I can tell you that right now. This is uh, You're going to be strapped in for a little while, but I hope you enjoyed it. We had a ton of fun recording it. And uh, yeah, but that's in just a second. For now, we're going to jump right into our news segment. And we've got a lot to talk about, folks. So first of all, um, lots of stuff happened over the past couple of weeks. Um, Avengers Endgame, which is, you know, the focus of our uh, pretty much all of our weeks of uh, episodes leading up to... Um, Pretty much this, as well as probably about a month and a half of uh, episodes, had a completely crazy opening weekend. Um, highest grossing box office opening ever. We're talking $1.2 billion worldwide for Avengers Endgame. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Um, 
and it's continuing to just make all the money. Uh, this past weekend, it made another billion dollars. Uh, so it is sitting right at 2.2 billion as of this recording, uh, just having surpassed Titanic as the number two highest grossing film of all time. Uh, this is a big deal, guys. This is a big, 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 big deal. Uh, Avengers Endgame was really, I think, more of a more of an event, more of a cultural event than anything else. And I think if it does end up becoming the highest grossing film of all time, it will have absolutely deserved it. Right now, it's about, I would say, 600 million shy of surpassing the highest grossing film of all time, which is Avatar. But I think the fact that it, uh, it's became the second highest grossing film of all time in just the course of two weekends is uh, pretty freaking incredible. And I have no doubts that it's going to pass Avatar. It's just a matter of when. Um, in other news, we have some big comic book news. Uh, a Batman Superman series was just announced, uh, written by Joshua Williamson with art by David Marquez. And I'm so excited. Dave Mar David Marquez has been officially signed to DC Comics and he's going to be kicking things off with this run. And this run seems really interesting. This seems like this is going to be kind of the follow-up to... Um, uh, pretty much Dark Knight's Metal, uh, Rebirth, all of that stuff is kind of going into this new direction because the uh, main storyline, it seems, the main plotline is that the uh, Batman who laughs ever since the events of Dark Knight's Metal has been seeding this uh, conspiracy, this plot throughout the DC Universe, uh, reaching out and corrupting six of our heroes in... Uh, all kinds of ways to turn them into the darkest versions of themselves. So we don't know who they are. Uh, DC Comics is referring to them as the new Secret Six. And the series, Batman Superman, is going to be devoted to the two of them investigating and trying to find out who these six corrupted individuals are and stopping them from enacting the Batman Who Laughs you know, plan. We don't know what his plan is. We don't know why he corrupted these people or uh, who these people are. Uh, it's really exciting i'm really excited uh, to read this uh marvel has also been kicking things into high gear with their own acquisition which was revealed to be patrick gleason that's right patrick gleason is officially joining marvel comics uh this blew me away i was not prepared for that because patrick gleason has been kicking ass on young justice and um man it's uh, it's a huge loss to, I think, DC, seeing as how him and uh, Tomasi were such an incredible team these past few years. And I am sad about it, but at the same time, this opens the door for him to start drawing Captain America. And he has already officially announced that he's going to be jumping on with Nick Spencer on the uh, Amazing Spider-Man book, which I'm really excited about. And they did this big announcement with almost like a splash page of him having drawn a bunch of members of the Avengers and X-Men and those people. So I'm really excited for him. It uh, looks like Marvel and DC just kind of traded artists, traded uh, kick-ass kick all-star artists. And uh, I'm interested to see how this kind of shakes up the status quo of the uh, creative teams going forward for that. Uh, we, also <laughs> we also got some uh, interesting stuff in uh, other film news. We're talking... 
trailers. Specifically, one video game movie trailer. You know what I'm talking about. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, the first trailer debuted showcasing Jim Carrey playing Dr. Robotnik. And um, it looked bad, man. It looked real bad. Jim Carrey was the shining star of the trailer, which I knew he would be. Um, this really seems like more of an origin story for Dr. Robotnik rather than a uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie. But the biggest controversy coming out of it was Sonic's design. And it's bad. It just looks bad. If you haven't watched it, congratulations. You aren't ruining your life by watching things you don't like, like I do sometimes. But it just looks nothing nothing like any of the designs for Sonic that came before it. You could tell that there was a lot of studio meddling when it came to this. This looks like a design that was put together by committee and compromised as much as they could to get something out, and it does not look good. However, with all of the backlash that came out because of this trailer, the director of the film actually reached out on Twitter, made a big statement saying that we are going to redesign Sonic. So I think it's great, it's exciting, it's awesome for those who really made their voices heard about how displeased they were about the design. However, I'm really, uh, I'm really concerned for the VFX artists who are now going to have to go back and redo everything that they put into this film without a sizable enough cushion to get all that time done because they have not announced a delay in the release of the film this film is chugging on ahead it is still right now on pace to be released on its normal release date and now these vfx artists are under a really intense crunch time so i i hope personally that they delay the film back give those hardworking vfx artists enough time to make this look good without having to cut corners and i hope that we all get a sonic movie that we can be proud of um in tv news gotham uh, ended its run officially, had its season finale uh, last week and or two weeks ago, and um, it's interesting. Uh, the show really had its faults, had a lot of problems, uh, mostly stemming from the first couple seasons, not really want, knowing what it wanted to be. But as soon as they started really leaning into the more ridiculous aspects of the show, it got considerably better. And this final season, which really did a... Uh, I think a 180 on its quality, really amping up like its production value, uh, bringing in and adapting the No Man's Land storyline, bringing in characters like a uh, like a prototype Bane, um, really leaning heavily into the more comic booky aspects. I think really made the last season much better than a lot of people were expecting, including myself. So um, as shows go, I still think that even though it is very dated now, Smallville is still, I think, the uh, the superior origin story show, but this show definitely did have its pearls and its gems, and I'm really interested to see where those kind of characters go following this. Um, in other TV news, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is just chugging along. They are heading into their last couple episodes of the entire series. And the past couple episodes have been incredible. Um, episode 3 in particular, the Battle of Winterfell, was, I think, one of the best episodes of the entire show. 
there's a lot of differing opinions on it, some good, some bad, but I really enjoyed the episode. Um, no spoilers here if you haven't seen it, unlike our full review that's coming. But um, last episode was also very good, very shocking, very surprising at a lot of the stuff that happened. Uh, but the big controversy is a Starbucks cup was apparently left in during one of the scenes of this past episode. Again, no spoilers. But um, following this, you know, everybody went together and they uh, digitally removed it from the episode. But, um, you know, it's... it's my opinion, it's neither here nor there. I mean, production errors happen all the time, so I'm glad it actually kind of makes me feel good as someone who is, I would say, on the bottom rung when it comes to being in this industry and in this business. Seeing other people make the same kind of mistakes that I've seen productions that I've been in make really helps me feel a little bit better and say, like, okay, this, you know, these goals are attainable because even these people who have, you know, millions of dollars put into their budget can still make a mistake now and then so i think that's all good i don't think it's a huge deal um in gaming news uh kingdom hearts 3 officially announced its dlc it is called remind i'm not sure what it is we don't know anything about it we just know that it's coming and that it is going to be a big deal uh in other video game news borderlands 3 was officially re revealed with some gameplay looks great if you're a fan of the previous games i think you're really really gonna enjoy this um i really like the looks that we've had so far but i will kind of save my judgment until we get a full demo or uh, any kind of actual uh hands-on gameplay from other people who know more about it than i do so look forward to more of that with uh, e3 which is right around the corner um and I think that's pretty much it news-wise. Um, we've really uh, had a packed couple weeks. There's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, if I had to hazard a guess, things are just going to keep ramping up from here. Uh, we also got a sick, sick uh, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer that I am really a big fan of. Uh, pretty much the first look at the first like real big look at the film with uh, huge endgame spoilers like if you haven't seen the film yet I mean first of all shame on you but second of all like they even and I've never seen this before they put a spoiler warning in the beginning of this trailer and uh, I've just I've never seen that before we are officially in the age of the uh, film serial again where if you haven't watched something you're going to get spoiled period that's just how it is um things are so interconnected in the mcu nowadays that you have to watch everything if you want to know what's going on but i really liked it my big takeaways mysterio's effects look great i love the suits um i'm still a little shaky on all of the particulars, all of his, all of the uh, supporting cast not having aged or anything in five years, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the big thing coming out of this, though, is multiverse. The uh, question has now been put up because they mentioned that uh, Mysterio is from another universe, and um, I don't know if it's all bullshit. The way that I look at it, it's one of three things. It's either all bullshit, not bullshit, or sort of bullshit. If it's all bullshit, Mysterio is lying. He's making some kind of thing up. He's gotten it past Fury, and Spider-Man is going to out him by the end. If it's not bullshit, he is from another world, opens up a whole bag of 
a whole can of worms to the multiverse and all this stuff um but he's a hero he the way that i look at it is that if it's in the in our second option here um he is a hero but his whole acceptable losses thing will come will kind of drive a wedge between him and peter and that's how they'll go into conflict or three and i think the most interesting of the three is it's sort of bullshit in that he is from another earth but either he is uh lying about his place on that earth um my the thing that i think would be the most interesting out of it is if he is from an earth that he's really either um a dominant villain of and he killed spider-man or he escaped that earth to come to this one uh to try his hand at a either a different a younger or whatever spider-man to try and kill him or whatever either way love jake gyllenhaal really excited for him to be part of this film and i'm really excited to see where this film takes all of these characters uh we saw pretty early on in the trailer that peter is really shaken up by the loss of iron man and his world just like uh after the first avengers movie and in iron man 3 has now gotten exponentially bigger and now peter has to deal with that going from a friendly neighborhood spider-man to being a more global spider-man so i'm really excited about that i'm really excited to see what happens there and uh that is going to do it for this week's news segment i'm sure something else is going to come out something's going to happen um so uh look forward for more of our news uh next week however before we get into the full-on review because this is going to be a long episode we're going to do something a little unconventional and i'm going to go through all of our segments before we do the main entree of this episode which is that round table review discussion of avengers endgame we just did our new segment we're also going to do our weekly review for not one but two episodes of doom patrol we'll then mosey right on to this week's comics countdown before jumping in with both feet into our nearly three hour long review of avengers endgame now if you want to go straight to our roundtable uh review feel free to check out the timestamp in the description of this podcast but for now let's start rolling through the segments And that beautiful musical intro can only mean one thing. It is time for this week's Weekly Review. This is the segment of our show where I review something weekly. And our focus, our current focus on the Weekly Review is the Doom Patrol. This is the live-action Doom Patrol show on the DC Universe streaming service and app. And, um... Yeah, this uh, the show is continuing to be incredible, subverting expectations. It's just, I love it. I love it so much. Um, and if you have if you haven't been watching it, why? It's so so good. You need to check this out. But uh, because again we did miss last week's episode, uh, I've got two episodes to review for you. So first off, I'm going to. Uh, 
play because I did record a review for last week's episode, uh, episode 11, which is entitled Francis Patrol. So I'm going to play that first. And then after that is all done, I will jump back in with this week's episode for episode number 12 entitled Cyborg Patrol. So here is episode 11. Episode number 11 entitled Francis Patrol. Um, I didn't know exactly what uh, that meant, what Francis, uh, what the title meant initially, but we got to it eventually. Uh, This episode was good. This episode was really good. I think it was a uh, step back forward from last week's episode, which I know, uh, or we know I said that was not a bad episode, but kind of a step back quality wise. This one just got right back on track. So uh, this episode really focused a lot on uh, Larry, on Negative Man, who has kind of fallen by the wayside in recent episodes, and his uh, his past love, John. Uh, this was really a story on loneliness and getting closure, not just for Larry, but also for Cliff. This was Cliff's second chance. Uh, he finds out that Bumper, his former best friend who ended up... Um, adopting his daughter after he quote-unquote died uh was killed by a gator named francis and so um cliff uses jane's uh split personality flit to teleport him out him and uh, rita out to the kind of uh swamp town where uh his daughter now lives and it was a really really nice story for cliff Um, Him going after Francis the Gator to get the watch that um, was formerly his, but then became his daughter's and was his daughter then gave to Bumper because he raised her. Um, It was a great story where he finally got closure knowing that his daughter was taken care of, his daughter was in good hands even if... Uh, Bumper hadn't been the best person or the best friend to him. He was the best dad he could be to his daughter, which I really appreciated. And it also helps Cliff now being able to kind of refocus himself and move forward past it. So I really enjoyed it. I really thought that it was a great episode for Cliff and a great episode for Larry, who finally got closure on his... uh, basically his romance his secret romance with john uh their whole thing having an argument in all of these dream sequences that larry would have to go into anytime the uh negative spirit left him it finally made sense what the um what the negative spirit was trying to show him and trying to tell him they were basically he was basically trying to communicate to larry that john was dying and so anytime that they were together in those dream sequences he was actually communing with john while he slept so i thought that was just beautiful i thought it was a great great way to wrap up that storyline larry goes to see john who's now an old man after larry abandoned him or forced him away all of those years ago and they finally get some closure and john you know dies or i don't want to say that because that sounds really graphic he peacefully passes while having a tender moment with larry and i loved that it was fantastic um and it was great closure for larry's character who now again also gets to move forward and really refocus themselves going into this final confrontation possibly final confrontation with uh, mr nobody in the next couple of episodes uh this episode also dealt with cyborg evolving um 
it's uh, it's you know it's kind of it's body horror it's um paranoia about you know artificial intelligence he really the actor who's doing this i want to say his name is joy von wade is doing a fantastic job and cyborg is so compelling in this show dealing with the idea of he doesn't know um how much grid is involved in him and how much grid is evolving in him i just i think it's fantastic and it's really starting to move towards that um that painting that jane uh mocked up of cyborg having killed everyone and it's scary and cyborg really you know shows his vulnerable side trying to figure out he doesn't know why this is happening he can't get grid to shut off so it's compelling it's really nice i really like that for his character and we got a second mention of flex mentalo he's coming whether it's next episode or whether it's episode 13, he's a coming. He's going to he's gonna change the game. Hero of the Beach is on his way. Um, one of my favorite moments uh, was a just a really small and simple moment of um, Rita kind of getting Cliff ready to go see his daughter by giving him, telling him to do like theater warm-ups. The red leather, yellow leather, you know, breathing through your diaphragm up and out. It just, as a, uh, as a former theater major... I absolutely adored that scene, and it really shows that this show shines and these characters shine because of how different they are from one another. And having Cliff and Rita be in this really highlights how different they are, but how well they know each other as well. So I really enjoyed that. Um, this was also a big episode for Jane. Uh, Jane really stepped into a leadership role after all of her turmoil in the episode Jane Patrol. So I love that she's, you know, taking a stand. She's being more active and she's really trying to basically lead a team that can't be led. And I love how she's getting frustrated and how this is going to really affect her going forward. And her stepping into that leadership role, I think, has been kind of building ever since the first episode so i'm really excited for her character i'm really excited to see where they go with her for the rest of the season and then finally we ended off with a huge cliffhanger where um jane who has been searching for flex mentalo because he might be the key to uh defeating mr nobody um accidentally gets vic captured by the bureau of normalcy who is you know out for revenge after the episode or after the events of the episode danny patrol so all in all packed episode really packed episode narratively um character growth really really good they are ramping up heading into the final act with the last two episodes and i cannot wait to see what they do with these last two episodes and as it turns out ramp it up they did so this is your review for episode number 12 entitled cyborg patrol and this episode is a doozy um man we're talking about last episode being very heavy very narrative heavy um packed packed episode this one i would say is even more so uh this involves uh the team finding out about what happened to cyborg and going basically uh pitching a rescue attempt for cyborg um this episode is super packed if last episode was really just chock full of narrative stuff this one is even more so so i will say that right out the gate um 
This episode focuses a lot on Cyborg, of course, with it being titled Cyborg Patrol, but also in that really defining the difference between Cyborg and Victor Stone. Um, Cyborg's whole thing in this episode was crazy. He went through a lot dealing with, you know, doubts about himself, uh, shutting off Grid, Grid reactivating. Like, it's been just a whole whirlwind of... Um, character development for him across this show and i am super super happy with what they've done with him um narratively speaking as an actor i can only imagine how fun it is to go to these uh tremendous highs as well as these super dark lows but i am really zoned in i'm really keyed in on his story and i'm really interested to see what they do next with him um we find out that he has been captured and they are experimenting on him in the ant farm which we come to find out is basically the headquarters for the bureau of normalcy and it is the place that uh larry trainer escaped from with the help of niles calder um this episode also focuses pretty heavily on silas victor's father uh he's the one who we find out was uh the contact between uh the bureau of normalcy and star labs and that he's had a hand in helping them acquire these oddities that they've been capturing and experimenting on um he goes and he helps the doom patrol which i guess isn't called the doom patrol just yet but helps the team locate where the ant farm is helps them get in and then feigns capture for them basically telling them we're gonna go in we're gonna get captured we need to know what happens next and uh it's what i really like about it is it's a heist episode i really love heist movies heist heist stories i think are some of the coolest uh storytelling narratives that you can come up with and the heavy heist themes in this episode really um played into my sensibilities and really played up to them so i really enjoyed it we also got to see just what the bureau looks like on the inside we've seen their uh their agents in the field we've seen how they deal with things but we haven't really seen how their operations work and so we find out and it's pretty bad they're just holding people against their will experimenting on them they have these really creepy um they kind of reminded me of the bugs from uh, men in black the ones that are basically working their uh call center thing but they're just super creepy looking they've all got like goggles and are wearing like full body smocks it's creepy it's creepy as hell um we also get a little bit of more background on larry and how he escaped from the bureau we uh building off of his huge developments in last week's episode um he really goes through a lot not wanting to go back into the bureau uh being separated from the negative force re-encountering the guy who tortured him and held him captive during his internment in the ant farm just really really good dark storytelling um but of course they balance that out with uh, some wacky storytelling and you know what i'm talking about if you watch the episode it's the butts uh these cannibalistic um frenzied butts with arms or legs that just like kill people on sight again more ridiculous than i think you would normally see in a superhero story but it's right in the sweet spot with how weird doom patrol is as a show uh we also get 
a cameo from Prisoner, I believe it's 722, which I believe is Flex Mentallo. We know that Flex Mentallo has been hinted at numerous times throughout the season, and uh, he's missing. So they've been looking for him. Jane has basically Jane is under the impression that Flex Mentallo is the key to solving their problems and I think we finally know where Flex Mentallo has been all this time so I'm really excited I didn't really recognize the actor but I'm interested to see what he does with the role uh, the preview shows off some you know classic Flex Mentallo iconography so I'm excited to see where that goes um this episode also marks the return of Mr. Nobody, who we find out has been manipulating Cyborg this entire time, seeding those doubts in him to doubt his father, to make it seem like his father is not only working with the Bureau, but trying to actively get Grid to take him over. And so Cyborg, in his rage, I think ends up killing his dad. And it is heartbreaking when uh, Mr. Nobody reappears and basically lets him and the audience know that, yeah, all those doubts you've been having, that footage that you've been seeing about your father being super awful, I just made that up. I totally made that up. Put it into your head because I'm not, I'm omniscient and I'm omnipotent omnipotent and i can do that so great job killing your dad we'll see you next time and like the episode just ends there and i was just blown away by that like cyborg for all of his faults and all of his you know very um flippant uh attitude is the most put together out of the entire cast and to see him finally broken down to the point where he is going to be on level playing field with the rest of the doom patrol is really exciting and i i can't imagine where they're gonna go for the finale so um yeah that's the review for this week's episode which was cyborg patrol next week's episode i believe is called flex patrol so um we're gonna see a lot more flex mentallo i'm assuming when the uh whole when the entirety of the prisoners in the ant farm were released that he also got released and is going to be joining up with them so i cannot wait I don't know how they're going to end this season. I really hope that they don't um, leave us with a lot of um, kind of... I, I, I want the... I'm going to think about how to rephrase this. I want the finale to be climactic. I don't want it to be anticlimactic because I, I think that's really where titans stumbled where they decided, oh, you know, we're definitely going to get a second season. So, you know, let's just get over all of the um all of the stuff you would normally see in a season finale we'll hold it till next season so the finale for season one of titans really fell on its face to me so i'm hoping that uh doom patrol learns from that and doesn't end up doing that i don't know how they're going to wrap things up with mr nobody since it seems like he's pretty much unbeatable but we will just have to see this friday when uh, the final episode of this season drops so that is it for this week's weekly review uh, let me know what you thought of the episodes that we covered here let me know what you've thought of the show so far if you haven't been watching it let me know why um, I'm definitely definitely an advocate for this show and for the streaming service itself um, I'm not a sponsor I'm not sponsored by them and I'm not sponsored currently by anybody um, I just 
I think this is a great bang for your buck kind of service, especially when they're churning out quality shows like Doom Patrol and like Young Justice Outsiders. So that is it for this week's weekly review. We are now going to kick it on over to this week's Comics Countdown. Welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown. This is the segment of our show where I talk about the comics that I picked up this week and the comics that I think you should also be picking up, whether it's at your local comic book shop, on Comixology, however you get your comics, these are the ones that I think you should definitely be checking out this week. Uh, typically it's five comics, I try to keep it around there, sometimes it's it's more, sometimes it's less. I'll be talking about the title, the creative team behind each book, as well as a brief synopsis of each, and of course course, these synopses will be accompanied by my synopsis voices. If you would like to suggest a synopsis voice for me to try out in this segment, please feel free to let me know on Twitter, Instagram, or through email. Uh, we've got five books for you this week. A bit of a slow week, I will say, um, but there's some quality stuff in here for sure. And we're going to kick it off with War of the Realms, New Agents of Atlas, number one of four, written by Greg Pak, with art by Gang Hyuk Lim. I know I said that wrong, but I'm going to just roll with it anyway. Uh, this is a tie-in to the War of the Realms book, but I think it's really special because this is essentially our Asian team. <laughs> um Greg Pak, who is who is an incredible writer and has been churning out just quality stuff for a long, long time, um, finally gets to have a full-on superhero team comprised of all Asian uh, participants. Uh, this book is also the debut of Wave, which is a uh, pretty much Marvel's first Filipino uh, superhero. So I'm really excited about it. Let's jump into the synopsis here. Featuring Marvel's newest heroes, Wave, Arrow, and Swordmaster, a War of the Realms tie-in series. As Cinder, a mortal queen of Muspelheim, and her legions of fire demons march on Asia, it's time for a new band of heroes to unite to protect the Pacific Rim. Having brought together a ragtag team of heroes to defend the Earth from an alien invasion in the past, can Amadeus Cho reassemble his protectors, Shang-Chi, Silk, and Jimmy Woo, to save the world from incineration? And where is Kamala Khan? And just who are Crescent, Eo, and Luna Snow? Featuring Marvel's newest heroes from China, Arrow and Swordmaster, and a mysterious new Filipino heroine named Wave. So yeah, I'm really excited. Um, as a Filipino-American myself, I am all for uh, more Asians in the superhero market. So I'm excited. Definitely pick this up. I'll be de definitely picking this up. I'm not huge on the just hundreds of tie-ins that are coming out with War of the Realms, but... This is one I'm definitely going to be keeping a close eye on. Next up, we have Invaders number 5, written by Chip Zdarsky, with art by Carlos Magno. Uh, this book has been incredible. Every issue has been great. Chip Zdarsky has a great voice for all of these characters, and I've just been really enjoying it. So let's jump into the extremely lengthy synopsis here. World War Namor. And that's it. That's <laughs> that's all they have listed. So uh, very descriptive, very descriptive uh, synopsis. But the 
The book has been incredible. We've been kind of ramping up to this uh, potential nuclear holocaust caused by uh, Namor and his agents within the U.S. government. So I'm excited to see where they go with this and what is going to happen with all of these characters. Next up, we have Detective Comics number 1003, written by Peter J. Tomasi with art by Brad Walker. Uh, this book has been really good. I'm really intrigued by the mystery of this uh, Arkham Knight. So I... I, I'm really just, I want to know what's going on. I want to know why uh, this character has it out for Batman so bad. And I am excited to see where this story goes. So let's jump into the synopsis here. Damien was so certain he could succeed against the Arkham Knight where his father failed. And not only was he wrong, but as it turns out, the Knight has a surprising plan for the son of Batman. I didn't mean that to rhyme at the end. That's just how it's written. But um, yeah, again, I'm interested. I love the dynamic between Damien and Batman. I still think the dynamic between Damien and Dick Grayson was better as Batman. But um, definitely in for more uh, Batman and Robin stories. Next up, we have Captain America number 10. This one, I will admit... As a huge Captain America fan, as someone who is a die-hard Captain America fanboy, this book is starting to slowly... I'm, I'm starting to lose interest. I don't like how kind of slow and plotting this story has been. Um, I really like Ta-Nehisi Coates, who is writing this. The art by Adam Kubert is incredible. But I just... I really don't think it's moving as quickly as I, as I think it should. Um... Steve's still in jail. We still don't have a plan to get him out. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that still needs to happen to get the story rolling again. And I'm really hoping that this issue is the one to kind of kick things off. So let's jump into the synopsis here. Captain of Nothing continues. A prison riot is the best possible cover to bring Captain America out of confinement. But what if the Star-Spangled Avenger doesn't want to go? So yeah, it's, like I said, I I really enjoy the creative team on this. It's Captain America, it's my favorite character, but I really want this book to jump out and start ramping up again. Uh, we've had a couple of issues of just Steve in prison, getting used to prison, meeting people in prison, so I really want to see, I really want to kind of get, you know, kick it up into the next gear and get going on this. And finally, the my number one pick this week, the book I think you should definitely be checking out, is Flash number 70, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Howard Porter. This is kicking off the Flash Year One story. Uh, they've been teasing it for a while, and I'm really excited that we're finally getting started on it. Uh, stories like uh, Batman Year One, we're looking at the oncoming Superman Year One by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr., here pretty soon um i love year one stories i love stories of heroes figuring their stuff out as they go so i'm really excited to see where they go with this joshua williamson has been absolutely killing it on the flash book since the very beginning of rebirth and howard porter brings such a different look to um these flash stories that other writers don't or uh, other artists excuse me don't so i'm super in for this i'm really excited to see where they go and really excited to see a different take on the origin of barry allen so let's jump into the synopsis here 
The Flash Year One starts here. Barry Allen feels helpless in his life in Central City. As a forensic scientist, he's always catching criminals after they've committed their crimes. All that changes one fateful night when Barry is struck by a bolt of lightning and doused in chemicals. When he wakes from a coma, he realizes he can run at incredible speeds. Can Barry master these powers and be the hero his city needs, or will the powers burn through him? Boom! Fastest time. Love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm super excited. I love the Flash as a character. Um, my Flash is still... Uh, Wally West, uh, Jay Garrick close second with Barry Allen third. Uh, but I'm really, really loving how Joshua Williamson has been writing Barry, so I'm excited to see where he goes with this character next. Um, as a quick bit of housekeeping, last week's uh, comics countdown, I'm going to give you a little, uh, just a quick uh, rundown of what last week's list was since... Again, we missed that week. So uh, last week, we had uh, War of the Realms number 3 of 6, which was great. Uh, Dead Man Logan number 7 of 12. Young Justice number 5. DC's Year of the Villain number 1. That's an important book to pick up. Definitely do that because we're going to be seeing the ramifications of that book throughout the next you know 12 months. Uh, Deceased number 1. Basically, DC Universe meets Marvel Zombies really interesting interesting kind of story and then uh batman number 70 which kicks off the uh basically the come up into city of bane which i believe is starting off with uh number 75 so those are the books from last week this week good stuff next week i'm i'm looking to pick up more books so um yeah let me know if i missed anything on the list this week let me know um if there are any books you think i should be picking up that i'm not currently reading i love discovering new comics and i would love to share those comics with you guys and gals and now with our segments all out of the way we can dive right into the long-awaited long-anticipated, just plain long discussion on Avengers Endgame. This is a full spoiler-filled review with two of my closest friends. There is a slight language warning, but if that's all right with you, that's all right with us. Without further ado, here is our review for Avengers Endgame. So we are here for the Endgame spoiler review. Woo, I am spoilers. going to reiterate, this is spoiler filled. Spoiler if you have not watched the movie, you've had two weeks. <laughs> it's time. Watch it. Even Kevin said it's okay. Even Kevin said it's okay. <laughs> if Kevin Feige says it, we're on first name basis with right. Kevin. Oh, if know. Kevin yeah. says it's okay, if Joe and Anthony say it's okay, <laughs> then we're going to talk about it. The spoiler ban has officially been lifted, so we are here for a full-on spoiler-filled review. But I'm not alone this time. Just mm -hmm. like with Infinity War, we have Chris Carter here. Hello, Chris. all. Hello. And we are joined by a very special guest. 
Yeah. This is Jessica Morgan. Hello. Oh, all right. <laughs> so we have Chris and Jessica here. We have been friends for a long time, mm-hmm. worked on different productions together. We've been watching all of these movies as they come out, and we are now all here to kind of talk about what we thought of the movie. Yeah. So to give a little bit of context, um, I've now seen it three times, so it's <laughs> it's very fresh in my mind. Uh, you guys have seen it. Sadly, just once. once. Yeah, oh, once. Sadly, well, opening night though. We were lucky. They were there. Score tickets opening night. Yeah. So. And and I will uh, give a little disclaimer there. They were going to see it a second night, yes. but. They graciously gave up their opportunity to watch Game of Thrones with us <laughs> Thrones! on that night, and that was the that was the Battle of, Battle of Winterfell, mm-hmm. which it was, was an yeah. event it was a, in itself, a big night. <laughs> so, um, just right off the bat, I want to talk about the film itself. Like, what did you guys think? What were, where would you say it's, um, what what would you say its strengths were? What did you like about the film? Um, I, yeah, I definitely overall really enjoyed it. I felt like they really did the whole series justice. Like, they really took these characters and kind of fulfilled a storyline that had been carrying on now for, what, 11 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so for me, it felt fulfilling. It felt like, oh, cool, I'm, like, satisfied. Like, if this ends here, like, I'm okay. Like, and that was kind of, like, what, for me, really stood out. Right. Which is so rare, too, because, you know, in this stage, to pick up off what Jessica said, um, to see something uh, through its culmination, through its inception with, you know, Iron Man, and we all love that I am Iron Man at the end of the first mm-hmm. one, how fitting it was, we'll get to it later, I know, at the very end, <laughs> it was just such a great, great saga, and, you know, to be part of that, I know, getting emotional, I didn't know Jessica when it first came out, I didn't know you, mm-hmm. but, it's true. you know, I've seen mm-hmm. so many films in that universe with you guys it kind of feel like that's a universe that we embarked on together right. and you know mm-hmm. we, I mean I was gracious enough to be invited by you guys to go see uh, man I think it was, it was, to it go was see Age of Ultron, Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I get to wear the Tony yeah. Stark hat yeah, yeah I was so, I was, I was going to bring that up so because cool. I was going through watching all of the uh, Avengers films again like the day of I had that entire yeah. day off and I just watched all the Avengers films back to back. And like watching them, I remembered like going to the Avengers premiere. Mm. The first Avengers, we got everybody together. It was my first it was my first year in college. And I really was like, let's fuck, let's get everybody together. Yeah. Um, and we all dressed up and everything. And when Age of Ultron came out in like 2015, I was like, we gotta do it again. Gotta do it again. Get everybody together. I was just working like a madman trying to schedule everybody. <laughs> pulling. It's like you're not doing anything. You're coming. This. This is your character. Like getting everybody together. And um, the one person that we couldn't get together, I was like, is Tony Stark. And I'm like, this is so important. Like the whole MCU <laughs> has been Tony and Cap essentially. Yeah. And I was like, I really want to get somebody here who's gonna like, if not like, be super. And into it like we are, at least, you know, take the time to post for the photos. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even think we knew each other that well. We did at this point. We I think did. we had just met each other mm-hmm. recently. It was right after you started dating Jessica. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I th- I don't know if it was Jessica who told me to ask you. <laughs> I don't think it but was. Somebody uh, told me to ask you, and I was like, ah, I don't really know Chris that well. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I and I tell this story to this day. I was like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him. He's being like, dress up as a suit, you fucking loser. <laughs> like, I just that's totally what I expected. And uh, no, Chris texts back. He's like, 
what time? Do I gotta wear anything? Yeah, I even said that. Yeah, and it was like, yeah. and and it was so cool just getting everybody together. We watched Age of Ultron together, yeah. um, and then we watched Infinity War we together did. last year. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. watched it with you guys, and we kind of threw that together just being like let's just go just here gotta, yeah because like tickets were all sold out at yeah. that point yeah. and we went we experienced it yeah. we walked out of an entirely silent, silent. theater oh, God, yeah. just yeah. basically being like okay it's one in the morning i can't handle my emotions right now <laughs> i think the only thing we could talk about was like the the end credits and being like oh okay so Car- captain so, marvel yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like okay captain marvel okay <laughs> It's gonna be okay, you know. Inhaler, like the, we're gonna be fine. That's it. And then, yeah, just like watching all of this and going through and really being like, this is an event. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is a generational thing. Absolutely. Like people who, because I still talk to people who are a little bit older outside of our generation mm-hmm. who are like going in for Return of the Jedi was the sure. biggest thing ever, getting mm-hmm. the culmination of everything. And that was just three movies. Yeah. Yeah. This is 22 films across 11 years. Yeah. And that's... I don't know if that's ever going to be replicated. Well, what's crazy about that, too, is that people... when you like, If you saw the first Iron Man and when you went to go see uh, Endgame, most people had kids in that span. Mm-hmm. Some people got married. Some people met the person they're going to marry. Some people... Like, their lives... Have it's and I'll never forget this. I forget what rock band said it and makes it sound way less credible, but it's not. They call um, they they call uh, them albums, right? Yeah, not CDs, albums. Right. And they said because it's like in this window of time, all of your life is so different, but it's in this window, like in these. Mm-hmm. In the, so you look at, at this, this saga. It's like in this saga of eleven years, like there's so much of your life that that that's part of. I mean, right. I mean, hell, if you think about it, like I said people's lives have changed drastically absolutely in time. Mm-hmm. so anyway that, 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 that's, that's, a, that's a big deal for me that's always a big deal when life changing experiences mm-hmm. are uh, you know marked by I don't want to say entertainment although right. it is at it's most Absol- basic it's level pop culture. Yeah. it is but it's, it's, it's like I remember um, uh, this is going to date me but I remember watching uh, Jaws on VHS oh. I know <laughs> People are like, what's a VHS? What's what a is VHS? that guy saying? Dude, I, Where's his walker at in his wheelchair? One of the hosts at my work has no idea what a VCR is. Oh, my she God. She has no idea. It's great. <laughs> I just, go, go, back into your Not point, okay. though. No, but like, I just I love that. I love it yeah. when, when entertainment and, and, and what's of the moment is kind of, uh, you know, bracket somebody's life. Like, oh, yeah, I remember I was... I was uh, in a fight with my girlfriend when I went to go see uh, a Winter Soldier, and then I called her afterwards. Or I was, you know, just things yeah. like markers like that in your life. I right. think are so cool. I think that's such a service that. And again, I don't want to dumb it down. Not the entertainment industry, but right. I think that it could happen from a, a novel, uh, absolutely, a song, right? You yeah. Know? And so, but this, you know, is it's just it's seminal. You right. Know? There's no other way to say it. I think. No, but anyway, I, I, I absolutely agree. There's like I still remember where I was when I watched the first Iron Man. Yeah. I remember where I was when I watched the first Avengers movie. I remember where I was when I watched the second Avengers movie. You you have these tent poles like throughout cuz 11 years is a long time. Like you said yeah. so much of your mm-hmm. life can change. We lived in completely different places than you know 11 years yeah. ago than we yeah. did today. Yeah. We were different people. Mm-hmm. You know, over this past 11 years people change, they grow, they become different people and if you look back, like looking back at 2008 and seeing like where I was at that point, I had I was in my second year of high school, second year of high school. Mm-hmm. Like 
it's weird <laughs> like thinking about uh, how yeah. much you've grown yeah. up with these characters yeah. and how much you've really grown it's like perfect perfect uh, I think analogy is like a TV show a TV show that's lasted 10 yeah. 15 20 seasons finally comes to an end and you remember where you were when you oh, watched yeah. the pilot Absolutely. you remember all of the moments that happened along the way and sitting there as in a series finale talking about Game of Thrones like yeah I came into it super late after, you know, three, four seasons had already passed. Mm -hmm. And even I, like, going through and seeing all these characters kind of uh, finish off their storylines is really touching and really emotionally, like, um, affecting. And, Mm -hmm. like, coming into this and being like, oh, man, this is over after this. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's going to be more films. There's And the film absolutely opens up so much. Um it really feels like you're closing the book on one mm. chapter of your life. 11 years on, right? 11 years. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's a big deal. So um, that's what we liked. That's yeah. just a general, like, <laughs> overarching, like, what we liked. Yeah. Now we're going to get into some of the negative stuff. Did you... It's going to be hard for me, but are there <laughs> any things that you disliked about the film? I will put right out... I was telling them um, off mic before we started recording the one negative that I find in this film <laughs> is that it made Thor the Dark World required reading <laughs> I cannot tell you how much I dislike that movie it's not an outright bad movie I will tell you it's none of the MCU movies Kevin's are outright listener. bad Kevin's listening <laughs> I know. oh god uh, but none, none of the MCU movies are outright bad movies I think they range from good to fantastic Mm -hmm. but Thor the Dark World is my least favorite movie if you've been listening to the podcast you know that it's ranked dead last even over Incredible Hulk dead last (laughs) in in my official rankings which we will touch upon a little bit later but bringing that back and it being like yep remember this movie now Mm -hmm. you gotta revisit that and go back (laughs) I was just so thrown off I was angry about it but of course in the context of the scene when you're talking to his mom Mm -hmm. when you get that little scene of Loki in his prison you get that funny bit where you know Rocket has to extract the Aether out of Natalie Portman who I can't believe they got back for this I know even if it Um, was for just basically a cameo yeah it's like just bring her for a second (laughs) Um, yeah, so that, that was my dislikes. Where are you guys at? You know, I, I, it's hard because I'm going to be in the same boat that you are. I had a very hard time finding something to not like. I will say, I think that, um, the time travel confused me and Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm alone on that one. I I, I think that was the biggest part of it. And, um, you know, anytime time travel is used as a filmmaking device, this is a filmmaker speaking, I think you, you're, you, you have a lot of flexibility because, Mm -hmm. You know, it's time travel. You know, there's some people, and it's funny they they did it exactly how the diffusion would happen. Well, in Back to right. the Future, this is because that's kind of arguably probably the most uh, the film that's kind of linked up most time travel with people, where For you sure. can understand it. Where if you travel back and you affect that, it affects your future, mm-hmm. which in the most logical sense of time travel that makes sense. But again, what is time travel? Right. And so them kind of saying, well, that doesn't matter to me is like, well, all right, I can see it. You know, you're going to put aside your Disbelief, and you're going to go on for the ride because that's what this is. So right. for me, that was my only issue I had with it. Because then I thought about it too. I'm like, okay, well, if they do this in their 
past, how does it not affect who they are now? Mm -hmm. But I wonder if that's just because I've been conditioned to think that's how kind of time travel works yeah. again, if there was such a thing as time travel. <laughs> you know, thank right. you, Back to the Future and Robert Zemeckis. But, you know, that being said, I think that that was kind of my only knock against it. I know people said it was, it was a little slow, but, you know, when you are on a journey for someone with 11 years, you give them all the time they need right. to get your to get to your space. And again, that's just kind of, you know, when you're telling a story, you want to be there for all of the story. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be there for the last part of it. So, gotcha. you know, it was from, but the time travel for me just kind of threw me off. That okay. was the only thing that really was like, well, maybe yeah. we could have said this. And it wasn't that it was bad, it just right. kind of explained differently. And I wonder if they couldn't do that. So therefore, they said, "Well, let me just not." It seems like it would have been really complicated to like yeah. sit there and like you, you know what I mean. Let's so I spend think, thirty minutes. Yeah, because it would have been. And it's like yeah. already a long movie that you're right. trying to. True. You know what I mean? But if that's the way it felt, it was like okay. Like I thought they did a really good job of like t making the jokes to be like, hey, yeah, whatever you saw in the movies is like crap. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And for me, like that sold me enough to be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, and then to just kind of go along with it and for me I think when I let go and went along with it was where I actually understood it a little bit more at least mm -hmm. understood enough for me to be yeah. like oh okay I'm satisfied it? I got you but I do get it because I know I've had people ask me stuff about it because I feel okay about it that people will be like oh yeah but now like isn't this like how, what about this you know if he went back and you know and I'm like kind of like yeah. okay I get that there's questions with it but right. um, it is one of those things where I could see why people might have problems with it because it wasn't necessarily explained you know what yeah. I mean it was yeah. more like you know, and then the, the, the different timelines, and that's kind of it too. <laughs> and I love worlds. different timelines. Oh yeah, so alternate, alternate timelines. When somebody says string theory, my eyes will blind. Yeah. Like, string theory. Let's then talk about this. Yeah. Um, I think that, that you know, and you make a good point about it too. Where we've just been so conditioned to when we're at a time travel movie, the necessity to explain that part of that device yeah. is kind of needed when maybe it doesn't it's just like mm -hmm. hey and then I, I, somebody had said to me like they apply the same Dragon Ball Z rules of time <laughs> travel and I'm like oh I guess I see that you know yeah. what I mean? well, so, and, and, and for those of you who are not familiar with Dragon Ball Z there was a rule with their time travel where it's basically it is exactly what they were talking about with multiverse and different timelines where a character traveled back into his past technically, to change events that wouldn't affect his future, but would affect the future of the past that he traveled back to. So, and that, I think that's, like you said, the rule that they kind of went with. Yeah. Um, for me, when it comes to that, it's the same thing, I and I heard this from uh, Max Landis, hmm. so you can take that with a grain of salt or however you want to take it, but the thing that always stuck with me about what he said is, um, how do you kill a vampire? You know, you, you can kill a vampire however you want because right. vampires don't exist. They're fictional characters. That's a great line. You can change yeah. rules. You can change however yeah. you want to fit your story. And I think that's exactly what they did with the time travel. They mm -hmm. do talk about the multiversal thing when yeah. um, Hulk is talking to the Ancient One, mm -hmm. Tilda Swinton, who, and she's like, you know, oh, if yeah. you take this out and you don't return it, it causes a, a divergent timeline, right. which I think we are definitely getting because Loki took his... Yes took the test yeah, yeah. so I and I also think that's what the Loki show on Disney, Disney Plus, Plus is shout yeah. out shout out <laughs> to the streaming service get your subscription now this Wait, podcast we... is sponsored by Disney you know? <laughs> and it's Bobby. it's so funny every every week I talk about the uh, the DC Universe service mm. the streaming service Swamp where I Thing watch, like Swamp Thing that's good 
um, Doom Patrol, that stuff. Mm. And I'm like, I wish they were sponsoring me, but they're not. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a cool service. And I think Disney Plus is going to be the same way once it comes out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think with the time travel, it's definitely shaky. It's not completely, I think, fully formed. But as I saw recently on... Uh, on a couple people on social media, one thing that I really liked is like movie or like movies that don't explain anything don't mean plot holes. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, exactly. If, if they can yes. go, if you can go with it, like Jessica said, yeah. if you can suspend your disbelief and see how their quote unquote rules mm-hmm. would make sense in the context of their narrative, yeah. then I don't see their. Yeah, that's a great point. A that's right. a great point. As long as it's not distracting, then just go with it. Right. You're in this movie for yeah. a reason. So, but yeah. you were definitely not the only person who had an issue with the time travel. It mm-hmm. was definitely a sticky subject. Questions, yeah. yeah. For you, um, So I, I actually have a really hard time with this question because I don't like it's terrible. I'm almost, I am very big on trying to find something I don't like about a movie. What? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> only in the sense of like you know I always think everything can be improved on. You know what I mean? But it's just I I really enjoyed this movie and maybe when we like talk about more specific things maybe I'll find little things. Mm-hmm. But honestly, yeah. I sit here and I really try to think about stuff that, you know, bothered me or I wish they'd done differently and I just, I have a really hard time with it. Like, I didn't feel like the movie was long, like some people said. I really was, like, happy with the time they took on it and stuff. Um, yeah, I thought they were really true to most of their, like, all their characters. I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it, even yeah. the way that they handled it. I was, I was super happy with the fact that, you know, I think most people had the idea of, like, cool, after um, Infinity War, like, let's let's get the stones back and let's undo it. I felt like that was the easiest answer. Yeah. And the fact that they addressed that right away in and the first literally, yeah, and yeah. eliminated it, like, we're great. just like, guess what? Like, not an option. For was perfect for me. I was like, cool. Yeah. Because I think, every, like, again, I think that was a thought a lot of people had. And it yeah. was like, okay, here you go. Like, yeah. And That's so, story. yeah, it was it was point. really great. And then to also follow those consequences through to have, like, five years later and stuff yeah. and just feel that tremendous of, like, oh, my gosh. Like, five, yeah, it just those. I really enjoyed a lot about the film. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, because you, you guys said it, too. As soon as everybody's, let's go back in time and change it. Sure, yeah. that's, like, that's the first thing you're going to think of. Mm-hmm. So let's address it. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's the elephant in the room and let's just destroy your elephant in the room you know yeah. and, and now what and I think that was a great point and and, and and I think that was a great way to start the movie and I think yeah. that's kind of the catalyst for one of my favorite characters of the, of the film and I think that's a perfect segue into talking about like the opening because mm-hmm. the opening starts out really like it almost feels like an epilogue to Infinity War Absolutely. it almost doesn't mm-hmm. feel like part of the film yeah because it's like it's 22 days later we get this great scene between uh tony and nebula where Mm -hmm. they're doing little Mm -hmm. uh right uh figure football oh yeah Yeah. and um you know captain marvel ends up finding them bringing them back Mm -hmm. and they get you know this is where he's going and a lot of the trailers Mm -hmm. showed us it's like all right we're gonna go get him. We're all hopping in the yeah, shit. Right, right. We're gonna go get Thanos. We're gonna go get those stones. This is gonna work because right. I don't know what it's gonna. Yeah, exactly. So that was, yeah, and it's like, like, I love the fact that we had four or five different trailers plus TV spots, mm-hmm. and it was only the first 10, 15 minutes yeah, of the film. I think that's incredible. Yeah, especially in this day and age of the marketing. Right. I mean, hell, you, yeah. But yeah, they go over there, and I loved like how they set up this scene where it's really quiet. 
Thanos is picking fruits, making his breakfast, and all of a sudden, like, he looks up, he hears something, and Captain Marvel just comes barreling yeah. through his shack, yeah. and they all just gang up on him. Thor chops his arm off, yeah. and they roll the gauntlet over. He, it's gone. The Infinity Stones were destroyed by Thanos, and we're like, okay, so there's no fixing this. Yeah. Yeah. And Thor just, out of just anger, like, chops his head off. Yeah. So gets good. that great line where he's like, I went for the head. Yeah. And then walks away. But it's not like a triumphant, like, walk-off. No. It's like him just walking. Like, he doesn't know what to do next. Yeah. Because, and we'll talk about it for sure, but, like, Thor's whole story has been, like, destiny and fate are willing me to win. Right. I can't lose because I've never lost before. He's even got that, that line when he talks to Rocket in the... In the Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah. yeah, he's like, you know, he's he's never fought me. Well, he has. Well, he's never fought me twice. <laughs> <laughs> he's always in that headspace. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know how many times I'm going to get knocked down, but I'm always going to win. Sure. Mm-hmm. He just has that confidence. Yeah. yeah. And so then, like, the title card comes up. It's five years later. Yeah. And a lot of people in my... Uh, in my showing, gasped. They're oh like, my gosh, what? Too, yeah. They had that five years? Like, yeah. And it's like, you get to see how the world is now. Sure. You get to see everybody where they're at, like, uh, Rocket and Nebula are just doing their thing out in space. Mm. Rhodey is, like, on this weird, like, kind of keeping an eye on Clint, who has gone kind of yeah. rogue. Yeah. Speaking of which, Clint getting that open, oh, yeah. that great cold really open. Yeah. Great cold yeah, open. Back back that. It's tragic. Yeah. And, like, I remember mm-hmm. sitting in the theater and openly saying, like, oh, we're just going into the- Okay, all right, here yeah, we go. Yeah, here we are. And you, and it's so tragic. Yeah. Because uh, you know us. what's coming. I know. You know what's just, coming. Yeah. And Clint's happy. He's on the farm. He's right. got his little yeah. ankle bracelet. And he just turns around. At one point, his entire family's gone. And what's what I think is just terrible is like he has no context no like all of our heroes they yeah. were there they were active participants right yeah except they knew for it was gonna happen Ant-Man but he was also doing his own thing yeah. Clint was just home he had no context for anything that was going on mm-hmm. and it really like you see how much that affects him yeah and then we see like Nat is kind of like keeping everybody like appraised of what's going on Captain Marvel who's rocking a sweet new haircut oh, man. is like just off yeah. in space yeah. Um, and yeah everybody's kind of doing their thing Steve Rogers is running like a support group which, yeah. I, think is, which I think is great it's that, great that, that's such a Steve thing to do and yeah he, I mean he did that part of it too didn't he when he was he, in a... he joined um Sam Wilson's support oh, group okay, in that's Winter Soldier okay. mm-hmm. he went in there just for like a day and Sam was dusted yeah and uh, it's crazy, like, thinking about that. And there's also some really good cameos in this. Like, you see, I think it's Joe Russo. Is, oh, yeah, that's... Is the guy who's talking yeah, yeah. about, like, the dates. Like, he yeah. cried at salad, I cried at desserts. Yeah. Which, he's shown up in all of the Russo Brothers Marvel films. Oh, I didn't know that. So I think it's hilarious that oh, he that's keeps funny. coming back. And that's fine. And then there was also a uh, cameo from Jim Starlin, who created Thanos in the comics. Oh, I didn't know He that. was uh, the bald guy with the glasses. In the in, same group? In the same group. Really? So I think that's a great shout for him, yeah. just yeah. getting that. But yeah, and then we see all of this stuff happening, and then we go we go to San Francisco mm-hmm. and catching up with the end of Ant-Man the Wasp, oh, where yeah. the post-credit scene left Scott and in the quantum realm there, yeah. because everybody else got dusted. Yeah. And so 
the uh, the MVP of the movie, the this little rat, yeah. just <laughs> hits the button and Scott just pops back out. Yeah. Uh, there was also a great little no cameo. Idea. Five years, that was no cool. idea because for him it was five hours. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Paul Rudd is a charming, charismatic, funny guy. Mm-hmm. There is no, I think, there's no limit to the amount of comedy that he can do. Sure. But the scene where he goes to his house mm-hmm. or. I guess it would be technically his ex-wife's house, yeah. but sees his daughter yeah. is oh heartbreaking because yeah. he doesn't recognize her. Because yeah. there's a moment where he's like knocking on the door and he takes a step back because he sees yeah. this girl he's never seen before. And she comes up and it's it's heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. It's heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. And then he... Um, Especially because they had such a good bond. Yeah, and, and the, like, and the oh, actress like, who played oh young Cassie was so good. <laughs> and I'm kind of sad that we're She's not going to have her anymore. She's... But... Um, yeah, and then he, you know, shows up at the Avengers facility, which for me, thinking about it now, mm-hmm. he went from New from uh, San Francisco to New York in his rinky dink van, <laughs> yeah, like, pretty wait quickly. A <laughs> wait a minute. And I mean, like, I'm sure some of that had to do with like the Ant Man stuff, but that's pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, he shows up there and he starts talking about time travel, the possibility of time travel, yeah. like quantum realm. Time works differently, so they go to. Tony and even before this time jump before they you know go off to fight old Thanos Tony gets this great scene where he's like all emaciated and like he's got an idea to him and we finally get the payoff between Tony and Cap where he just rails him for not being there he's like you said we were going to do this together and he's like you liar like it was powerful really good Robert Downey Jr. did incredible in this film Um, but they go to him and he's he's got a life happy he's he's got a little house on the lake which is a really nice freaking house beautiful like that is a dream house for sure (laughs) on the lake in the middle of nowhere yeah but full Wi-Fi and (laughs) all of the technical advancements Tony Stark would have (laughs) and they have a daughter they Mm -hmm. have a daughter named like Morgan I think her name is and um, it's just everything you never thought you would want for him yeah but you you realize you do yeah because he gets five years with Pepper and this daughter that they have yeah and um they go to him he says no they leave and then they go back to San Francisco where they find Hulk <laughs> in a ridiculous scene ridiculous scene where we find that Hulk has merged with Banner mm-hmm. they're now the Professor Hulk from the comics mm-hmm. where it's all of Hulk basically Hulk's body Banner's brain and he's wearing clothes now looking super hipster Pants, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. and um super cringy scene where the kids want to take, take a picture, picture with him and, and Paul Rudd who again is incredible just like want to take a picture with me yeah, I'm yeah. Ant-Man I'm Ant-Man and they're like no. no and they're just uh, it's so like <laughs> each time like I said I've seen it three times and each time I have to look away because it's so it's so awful <laughs> I almost want, it feels like one of those scenes where they like he kept pushing it you know to see how yeah, it's just like the kids improvising. are like, so like uh, <laughs> we don't know like, they're, they're like shaking their it like, feels so wanna... real. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It feels exactly. Because I mean, like I've, I'll, I'll share a personal story. I've been in that position where, like, back in uh, Tucson, I worked at Gaslight Theaters, mm-hmm. this 
big uh, musical melodrama theater in Tucson. And whenever we would go out, my friend Jacob, who had been at the theater much, much longer than I had, yeah. and more of a full-time basis, would always get recognized. <laughs> and so we'd, we'd be at, like, uh, Beyond Bread, and we're just having lunch after grabbing comics for the day, and someone comes up and goes... Aren't you Jacob Brown from the Gaslight? <laughs> and he loves oh, getting course. that recognition. He's just like, yes, I am. Front of you to notice. It's so funny. And it happened, I want to say, either once or twice. And he was like, and he he didn't do this in a mean-spirited way at all. So Jacob, I know you're listening. It's okay. <laughs> he, he went, Eric also works there. And, and they would always look at me and go, oh, Okay, and they'd move on, Great. and I, I thought Aww. that was amazing. Just how Paul Rudd eventually was just like, just take the goddamn phone, just right? Just like, <laughs> but yeah, so the whole time so travel funny. thing like kicks off. They're all getting ready. We go and catch up with Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Who is now Ronan, mm-hmm. and we get this great one-shot tracking scene of him yeah. just taking out this uh, yakuza group, yeah. and. Jeremy Renner speaking Japanese. Oh my gosh. Like, what can't this man do? (laughs) And so he gets recruited, and they, you know, they kick off the second hour with them getting ready to travel back in time. They pinpoint three different time, like three different times, which I'm glad they finally brought up the fact that at one point three different stones were in New York York. at once. You were like, like, yeah, right? Are we gonna, okay, yeah, we're finally gonna do it. Good, perfect. Yeah. Because, like, it's crazy when you think about it how these stones are supposed to be scattered across the galaxy, Mm -hmm. and yet three of them, half of them, were in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And so, if you heard that sneeze, that's uh, that's Gatsby. That's the little doggo. That's the little doggo. He's he's the unofficial mascot for (laughs) Geek's Play Podcast. Real quick, too, though, like, going back to, like, um, how Tony, like comes across the, like the time travel like thing mm. just literally I just love that moment like that of course in Tony Stark he's like I have to still play I still have to like right. play yeah, with this no. I gotta see and he's literally doing it so casually he's like eh, just for fun let's just run this you know and then it like pops up at like 99 point whatever percent and he's yeah. just like he's like oh, oh my god god it was such a good moment it, I was like oh yeah it was kind of, great yeah, yeah was and fun. it kind of harkened back to like Iron Man 1 Iron Man 2 oh, where yeah. he was you know working in the in the workshop mm-hmm. Working on his armor when he discovers, you know, the new uh, element or whatever to make his arc reactor with an Iron Man too. Yeah. Like yeah. this is Tony at his best yeah. when he's the mechanic mm-hmm. working in the shop. And There's it, a reason they go to Tony first. There's a right, reason they true. didn't go to Banner yeah. first. Like, <laughs> Which they show in those yeah. trial runs. Yeah. I, uh, there's a part when he is talking after he's figured it out and he's talking to Pepper. And he's, you know, he knows that he knows, and the audience yeah. knows that he knows, and he asks Pepper, uh, so what are you reading? And she starts answering, like, I figured it out. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, and he's so, like, not even right, listening. Right. Just, yeah, yeah, I figured it out. And then, you know, I think that is such a Tony Pepper thing, too, and I think that was really within his character, like, that mm-hmm. whole span that Jessica talked about, and then, like, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, what did he do? Yeah. You know? Well, and I love that they, uh, and it really is a testament to how much Tony and Pepper have been together. Yeah. Like mm. Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow have mm. been. They like, do a really good job. In, of they're that. so yes. good. Their chemistry is There's, off the charts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that moment where he says he's like, "I could just 
put this in a lockbox, throw it to the bottom of the lake, and go to bed. Mm-hmm. And she says, but would you rest? Right. Yeah. Because she knows yeah, this. She's like, no. She knows that if there's a problem and he can fix it. Right. Yeah. There's nothing will stop. Divine intervention will not stop Tony yeah. from trying to fix a problem. Oh, yeah. And so, big or small. And mm-hmm. so, he goes, he gives Cap his shield back. And they um, all get together. Which is a great moment because it's we haven't yeah. had a moment like that since after Civil War. And then the next time you see them together, right. you, that scene you talked about where... Uh, where uh, just angry. He's just super upset, hurt, all these things. And this is the first time you see them kind of forgiving each other for that moment. So that's mm-hmm. what... I mean, that's four films ago. That's Absolutely. So, it's crazy. Yeah. That so, was three years ago, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Lots like, happened. So much. Mm-hmm. And it really shows in all of their interactions with each other mm-hmm. and in their interactions with people they haven't spent as much time with. Mm-hmm. Like the moment where they're getting ready to do their test run and uh, Scott's just, you know, super pumped. But uh, Hulk is like, all right, we want to make sure, you know, nothing goes wrong so Scott doesn't end up in the 50s. And Scott's like, wait, what? And he's like, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And he walks away and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then he looks back at Scott. He's like, "We're ready." He gives him a thumbs up. Like he's, we're good. Um, and again, that's a testament yeah. to Mark Ruffalo too, who is incredible yeah. in that character, yeah. even when he's mostly CGI. Yeah, getting you know that Mark Ruffalo charm. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. But so yeah, they all get together. There's a there's a great scene where uh, Scott's sitting outside with the tacos. Oh my god! And uh, Rocket and Nebula touch down. Oh, his tacos blow away. So good. And then Hulk comes out and gives him two tacos <laughs> before him and uh, Rocket go off to mm. New Asgard. Mm. And there's a great little maybe like. 15 second scene where Hulk's sitting in the back of a truck yeah. as they're going and you oh, find out so funny too. Yeah, and you find out that not all of the Asgardians were wiped out at the beginning of yes. the Infinity War half of them half escaped of them, right, half of them. Yeah. but then you gotta think about it with the snap another half of them are gone so mm-hmm. it's probably just a fourth of them yeah. just <laughs> in just in this new village community that they've built new and Asgardian. we found out Valkyrie's alive and she's just like Thor's not coming down. He's on his own thing. And so Rocket and Hulk go up to uh, Hulk's little shack. Or uh, Thor's little shack. And they go in. They find out Korg and Meek are alive. <laughs> and then we... <laughs> The and, and Korg is dressed exactly as Taika Waititi would be dressed yeah. in his little yeah. New Zealand jumper. Yeah. Like, oh playing Fortnite. This and is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. This yeah. is, this and we come to find exciting. out that Thor is alive, he is doing his thing, but he he's put on a couple pounds. His drinking and <laughs> he, you know, his hair's long, his beard's long, he's got this huge beer gut. Like so funny. One of the funny memes I've seen recently on Instagram was um this post that came out back in uh I wanna say like twenty seventeen when Thor Ragnarok came out. And they were like, you know, la- ladies being like, yeah. I only come to the MCU movies for the plot. And then showing a shirtless Chris Hemsworth. And then now we see a little addition under that that says, little do they know the plot, the plot thickens. thickens. I love that. And we see Fat Thor, which yeah. is the best kept secret yeah. in the entire film. Yeah. All of the promotional material oh my God, yeah. has Infinity War Thor. Yeah. All of the toys have you know, Infinity War Thor with the little white suits on. Um, like, you would not have known no. 
it's going so into this. Yeah. And it's such a great surprise because we see someone who has been broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we see how he deals with it. And how he deals with it is getting pissed drunk and just eating himself, you know, to death, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And so we see... For lack of a better term, we see Big Lebowski Thor. We see the dude Thor. And I think they even reference They it. do definitely. And um, he's just this slob who doesn't care about anything. Mm-hmm. And um, everything, it's very jokey, very funny, very Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi kind of sensibilities. Mm-hmm. And then the this whole scene shifts the moment that Hulk brings up Thanos. Yeah. And you see, Chris Hemsworth does some incredible face acting here, where you see his entire demeanor shift, and you see how badly this has broken him. This failure Mm -hmm. that he's been living with for his entire, for this entire five years that he's never experienced before. This failure, and how much it has weighed on him. Yeah. And how much it has forced him into this depression. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he grabs Hulk. He's like, "Don't you say that name?" And I mean, Cord kind of brings in some levity. It was like, "Yeah, man, we don't say that name." We don't say that name. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't say but that it's just you see how much this has broken him. Yeah. And Hulk is basically Hulk and Rocket are basically there to tell him, "Look, we have a chance to fix this." And Thor is just like, "No, I don't want to hear it." Like. What's mm-hmm. done is done. And then Rocket goes, we have beer on the show. <laughs> and that's what gets it. That's what gets it. I love it. that Rocket's like, nah, I got this. Like, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and Rocket really was a great character in this film. Oh he gosh. stepped into a role that I don't think he's been shown to be comfortable with. And that is uh, team leader and team support. Right. Yeah. Like, he is such an emotional support animal yeah. for Thor in yeah. this film. Yeah. And the last film, too. Yeah, the last film, too. Absolutely. Like, that pairing is incredible. That moment yeah. where he's like, gotta go play captain. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, it's and like, he's had a huge this. arc across yeah. these films, How funny, too. right? And that, that's, I would never have thought that. You know, I, I never loved that, in, the, the character. I never really... I, but in this, in his... Him and Thor, I mean... If there is a Guardians three that has there, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Asgardians well, we'll come Galaxy. to that. But, uh, <laughs> but that would be wonderful because their chemistry, along with Chris Pratt's chemistry, but but I For love sure. Rocket and Thor in this film. Yeah, you know, they're so good together. And especially when we get later, when you know Rocket right. slapping and pulled together, yeah. you can just, I can't do this. You know, yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, are you crying? Right. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's so good. But yeah, so they all get together. They all figure out these are the three times that we need to go get these mm-hmm. stones and so they have three teams they're gonna go so we have 2012 20, 2013 and 2014 are the three years mm-hmm. which I at first was thinking I was like okay that, that doesn't seem too long ago now mm-hmm. like we're at 2019 2012 mm-hmm. is seven yeah. years ago but then I had to also account for the five, five years, years. Mm-hmm. so they're in Technically 2023, yeah. and looking back at 2012, 2013, 24, that's 10 years ago. For yes. Yeah. So that blew my mind. You're like, okay. But yeah, so they decide the three points that they're going back to is 2012 New York, 2013 Asgard, and 2014 Space. And so the teams, I think, were really well thought out, too. Mm-hmm. Who they sent where was yeah. really, really important. Sure, yeah. So... We'll 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 handle these one by one. We'll start since we were talking about it with 2013 in Asgard. Mm-hmm. They send Thor and Rocket, mm-hmm. and watching Thor just interact 
with his world again. Yeah. Like, the two of them sneaking through, them being like, okay, so this is the plan. You're going to charm her. I'm going to extract the Aether, and we're going to get out of here. Yeah. And Thor goes, I remember my dad had this wicked wife. <laughs> I want to see if they're to, they're to go cops. And he just, like, tries to go yeah. off. Then he sees his mom. Mm-hmm. And he, obviously, we've seen throughout the film since Thor The Dark World how much the death of his mother yeah, has really affected him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he wants to go see her. Rocket's like, we got focus. We get that wonderful scene where he's like, he's like, come here, come here, no, come here. And he right. slaps it. He's like, pull it together. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you can do this. He's like, I can do this. I can do I can this. Do this. <laughs> I can't do this. this. And he like runs away. So it leaves Rocket to try and complete this mission. Yeah. Which is great. Right. And so Thor goes to find his mom. Mm-hmm. And I love, I thought, I can't, I can't remember the name of the actress for the life of Renee me. Rousseau. Renee Rousseau, thank yeah. you. She was wonderful. Yeah. She was wonderful. And it really, I don't think she was used as well in the Thor movies as she was here. No, yeah, this was probably the best, yeah, that they used her, I thought. And they just, they get, mo- they get a chance to talk to mm-hmm. each other. And like you, Rocket Eye kind of puts it in perspective. Like all of this stuff happened, the entire events of Thor the Dark World happened in a day. And yeah. I'm like, that's most of these films, but you don't think about like, oh, this is the day my mom died. Yeah. You guys remember anything else about this day, yeah. but it's like, this is the day my mom died. Mm-hmm. And so getting that, like sit, them sitting down, Thor talking about his failure, talking about how he feels like he is just a loser now, and his mom really supporting him and being sure. like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. you failed, but that makes you like everybody else. And she gives him a line that really sticks with him throughout the film yeah. where she says, you can't continue to be who people want you to be you have to be who you are mm-hmm. and I loved that yeah meanwhile Rocket in, in <laughs> Sammy's favorite thing. scene <laughs> like you know Natalie Portman who again I can't believe they I got yeah, back wakes up she gets up to go do whatever she's supposed to do in this film and we see Rocket just rise out from behind her little couch <laughs> with his little extractor yeah. and we don't see what yeah, happens know, but yeah. you can tell what it's happens like, oh god and then <laughs> next thing we see we see him running from the Asgardian guards who are like somebody catch that rabbit yeah. <laughs> it's like that's, a, that's also a really cool like funny in joke that they've kept okay. yeah the that's him great. just continuing to be misrepresented yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> And so he catches up with Thor, and his mom has that moment where she's like, just eat a salad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just, love it, just being a mom. Yes. And um, right as they're about to go, Thor's like, wait! And he holds his hand up, yeah. and we f- we're waiting. We all know what's coming. Mjolnir, chung! Yeah. Comes into his hand and the joy on his face. Yeah. It's the first time we've seen him genuinely happy right. in the film. Mm-hmm. It's just wow. Yeah. And it's we're also talking about this off mic earlier just the idea of like your depression does not make you any less worthy mm-hmm. really, really hits home with a lot of people a lot, a lot of, of people, people caught it yeah. a lot sooner yeah. than I did it took my mm-hmm. second and third viewings to really zone in on Thor's arc yeah but some people like immediately were just oh, like yeah. this I think some is people are drawn to it and can relate to it like the, all these characters the way that they're grieving all in very different ways is really mm-hmm. great because in, no matter what you're gonna connect with somebody on some level and I think 
you know, some people have had an issue with the way that Thor is presented in this film. Mm -hmm. And I always am like, well, when it's like your favorite character and you see like kind of the fall of your favorite character, like you see them kind of not be who they are, you know, like you see them turn against like what everything they believed. It's really hard, you know, we were talking about Star Wars earlier and it's like the same with like Luke and stuff. Like a lot of people had a hard time with Luke Skywalker and his change. I think it's a very similar thing people go through, but, um, what they did with him with this whole I mean you see it right away like as soon as we come into this film and it's like he has that chance to go kill Thanos again and it's like the way he walks in there and the way you know what I mean his whole demeanor and then when he does take off his head it's like he's already like really lost and then especially when that doesn't work it's just like you know we get to see I thought they portrayed it really well. He's he's living what you know what he's like calling probably his best life and all. You know what I mean? Like he's like woo, like drinking and stuff. But of course, video games. Yeah, but he's Mm. in his deepest core very depressed. Like you know what I mean? It's all a front, and it's so great that we get to like follow this character who has basically been the strongest character in the MCU until we have like Captain Marvel. It's like been like the number one, you know. And it's like now you just see him like. Basically, I mean, he couldn't even do what he was supposed to do when he shows up here at first. You right. know what I mean? He's literally like, I can't do Just it. Just a blubbering mess. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was, yeah, I think that was a really great arc for him. And to have, I don't know, I think it's daring to take these characters and do that stuff. And it is really helpful for us as an audience to watch them be like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, yeah. even these really great people can be really depressed at times. And they're still worthy, like we said. Absolutely. They're still, you know. Yeah, and you get to really see, like... Like you said, all of these different characters react to this in different ways. Mm-hmm. Everyone is grieving in their own way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great point that yeah. you made about you are going to find someone in this cast who you relate to mm-hmm. because of how they are affected by these situations. Yeah. I personally really loved where they went with Thor. Mm-hmm. I loved yeah. that yeah. as someone who has like dealt with depression before, mm-hmm. like depression's hard. Yeah. Depression sucks. Mm-hmm. And it can come at the worst times and it can turn you into the worst version of yourself yeah. if you let it. You feel like you're not you. That's the whole right. thing. Yeah, and not. he really goes through mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into, like, a little bit later what goes on with him when he's finally given the chance to, like, correct it. Yeah. But, like, I just thought he was used wonderfully. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He really was. So, next up, next team we go to, they they obviously get their stuff, they head back. Next team we're going to go to, I think, is Space. So we're looking at 2014 Space, which includes Nebula, War Machine, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye and Black Widow are off to get the Soul Stone oh on Vormir. As soon and... as they split, right? Yeah. As soon as, like, the and... whole time I'm like, okay, who's going where? And yeah. then they did it, and I was like, no! <laughs> and, and Nebula and uh, Rhodey are going to stick around and try to get the Power Stone. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and I was telling someone this the other day. I was like, how lucky did they get yes. at the pairing that went off? Like, yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> like, you know, Nebula other- and Rhodey showing up and being like I mean you're great but like I don't know if there's like (laughs) that kind of sacrifice I know but yeah so talking about that Hawkeye and Black Widow go to Vormir they meet up with Ghost Red Skull and they have this moment where it's like he tells them what they have to do mm-hmm. and then I love how it felt weird at the time but on repeat viewings I love how they just jump cut to you or it's obviously time has passed yes. and Hawkeye's just standing over there just like hey Uh, yeah we're still trying to figure this out you're Uh, still here we're still here cool and he's just like you could tell that they don't know what to do yeah and they start talking about like we have to get the stone yeah we have to get this stone yeah and it's like they're both like in agreeance about like 
They're the goat we, 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 have, we have to we have to yeah. sacrifice. We have to make the sacrifice. If we don't make the sacrifice, we lose. Yeah. And and they both like take this pause and they look at each other and they're like, I don't think we're on the same yeah, page on who's making the sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, here. I love that. that. I loved that yeah, absolutely. So it that was the last so much fun thing character. that happened in that scene, of which course. I think is the tonal shift and that moment. And you knew it was going to be sad. You knew it was going to be absolutely. sad going in. But the thing you didn't know is who was going to make that sacrifice. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, there's no other way to do it in my. Yeah. mind than the way they did you know I thought it was getting to that yeah. it was great but you know going back to, to Hawkeye and uh, and Natasha's story from the beginning I mean yeah. that they've been uh, they, friends for I mean, how, three oh, dates God. the even MCU in, even yeah. in Civil War when they said you know they're they're fighting but they're not really oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, we're like, still friends right your we're still yeah. fighting and you're so, pulling your yeah. you know and there's all that so to see it wasn't obviously as as the, the finale was but they put this kind of in the middle or maybe second third of the film where that had some uh, emotional gravitas to it and it was it was mm-hmm. in a lot of ways this was more unexpected and therefore more uh, I don't know emotionally burdensome than the final death which you kind of figure I, I, I agree it's absolutely just a thought to put out yeah. there because when it happened I mean it was Cause, yeah because it's one of those things where it's like at a certain point and we'll get to it like you know who's going to make that final sacrifice yeah. mm-hmm. but at this point you're like either one of them yeah. have an absolute case yeah. on why they should make the sacrifice and when they start battling each other for the the privilege, <laughs> I think it's yeah. the we, like I don't, yeah. for the right to like go make that sacrifice. I thought I thought for sure for me I was like it's gonna be Hawkeye. Did you? Well, they even I take did. that moment where like they you know slow it down they and he's running, and, he's and I'm just like no. I thought it was a great shot oh. him jumping the off, whole, yeah, and then all of a sudden. You see Natasha jump off after him, yeah. collides, hits the little grappling hook onto his belt, yeah. sends it up into the rock, and it's like they're both dangling there. Yeah. And it's like at that point you know. Yeah, you just you yeah. know. And oh, he's God. you know, she's just like, It's okay, let me go. Yeah. Let me go. And he's like, No. And like you like for me, I thought back to how they've kind of represented their whole relationship. Ugh. Like we saw in some of the quieter moments mm-hmm. in this movie and other movies, she always wore that arrow necklace. Mm-hmm. Like to symbolize him, um, they talked about how in the first Avengers movie they talked about how she was basically you know a, an oper- an operative for the Red Room, yeah. and then Hawkeye was the one who took her out, took her into Shield, and recruited her. Yeah, and so they've been intertwined for most of their lives. Yeah, and so her saying to him like "Let me go." Was just, it's heartbreaking. It's yeah. absolutely heartbreaking. Well, even to go back, we jumped a little bit where uh, where she was having. I think it was Rhodey, if I'm not mistaken, or I forget who it was. Where she was having them keep tabs on oh, yeah. on Hawkeye. Yeah. Like right. She cared about him. Even she knew what he was doing. She could, and great scene. She was the one who went to go get him. And you know, yeah. I think that says a lot about yeah. That. The and, moment where she's just like, "Can you just tell me where he's going?" He just, and she's yeah. like, she's trying to hold back tears because yeah. it affects her so much. Yeah. And I thought that their relationship, and I, that's why this part that we're talking about now is a 
It was uh, it was good. It was really, really heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of great that they, I don't like, because I've always been such a fan of their relationship. Anyways, mm-hmm. like, there's, it's so easy to like go to romance in so many of these situations, point. right? And we, and like, I've had so many talks with other people about different films and stuff, and it's just, it's the easy thing to jump to when you have a male and a female friendship, like, absolutely relationship. They're gonna mm-hmm. love each other in a romantic way, and it's like having these two this whole time been like best platonic friends. best yeah. friends is really great. Like it's a great thing that I'm just like, oh, it's be, you know, like I'd love to see that continued more and more and mm-hmm. see That's more a great of that. That's and then and that you can love them just point. as yeah. much, literally to the point of this sacrifice. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's That's like such a great point. Yeah, I thought well, that, it's that like, was it's a like it's like a family member. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, it point. would be the same with like a brother and sister yeah. like throwing themselves off the cliff. Yeah. And um yeah, it's just it's it's absolutely tragic. And did you hear about the uh the story behind it? No. So Oh, so this is crazy. So, um, <laughs> the writers, uh, uh, Marcus and McFeely, were going through this, and they initially, the original draft had uh, Hawkeye mm. be the one to die. But they had one of their, I think it was one of their interns or something, like, reading it and everything. And the intern looks at them, and she goes, don't you fucking take this moment away from her. <laughs> <laughs> and it made them like recontextualize like this is and she yeah. talks about it even mm-hmm. like this whole arc not just through this film but through others has been about her self-sacrifice and how much she values yeah. this team and the people that yes. she lost yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and so her making that sacrifice I think would have hit home a little bit more than if Hawkeye had in yeah. in retrospect yeah you know hindsight being 2020 yeah of course like I, you know, of course would have felt if Hawkeye did it. Yeah. But he's got a family to go back to. Yeah. Like, Natasha, this was her family. She was sacrificing for her family. Exactly. I feel the same way when it was happening. I very much was like, if they don't have it be Natasha, like, it's gonna, it's the wrong choice in Mm -hmm. that sense. Because I was, it was... Uh, you know, talking about a little bit earlier, we were like, they uh, for me, how they really wrapped everyone up, and I felt like it was a good conclusion. It's like, for her, like, yes, that is her conclusion. And it very much, like, in the end, if you're not going to bring some of these characters back, if, like, this is their ending, it's like, how else is she going to go out? I just mm-hmm. was like, she's always going to be a fighter. She's always been in there, and she's always, you know what I mean? Even, like, after this, she was the one organizing people, and you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just her was life. like, if, she, if we bring everybody back, she's just going to keep doing it. Like, right. You know, I was like, there's not a retirement plan for her, well, really. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, where it's like Hawkeye. I'm like, yeah, he has a family. He was trying to retire, like, basically, you know, it's like... <laughs> he was, he's retired he's twice been, at like, this point. Yeah. So I'm like, for me, if they had done it that way, which is, it's kind of surprising they actually had it written that way. I would have, I would have been, up, that would have upset me. Because yeah. I just, this was her, I agree. Right. You can't it, take that from her. It makes so yeah. much sense in that mm-hmm. context. Yeah. So that was the sacrifice. Hawkeye wakes up with the soul stone, yeah. moves on. Now we go to the one that they spent the most time on, which was going back to 2012 New York, the first Avengers movie. <laughs> you get back, the whole tire card rolls up, and they hit you right in the gut by giving you that six, the original six spin around shot from the original Avengers, all of them gearing up with a da 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 da, like going off, and then it just like shifts like two blocks away where. <laughs> Cap, Tony, Ant-Man, and Hulk show up. Yeah. And they're all like, all right, so we've got three points we got to hit. 
we got to get going on this. Let's do this. Yeah. And the, Smash them. What I love <laughs> is we see 2012 Hulk, Hulk yeah. just like smashing things and killing Jatari, yeah. and he runs off. And they look at, and they look at uh, Banner, and he's just like hiding his face. He's like, like oh so embarrassed. He's like, oh. And we've all had that moment yes. where it's like we look back at like videos or pictures of us being ridiculous in like yeah. high school or whatever we're like oh <laughs> yikes yeah <laughs> and so and Steve goes you should probably smash some stuff and he just goes oh, I think it's gratuitous but okay and he rips off his shirt and he's like <laughs> and he hits the car tosses the motorcycle he's like ah whatever and he jumps off so funny so he goes to uh, Bleecker Street he goes mm-hmm. to 122B Bleecker Street, which is the Sanctum Sanctorum, mm-hmm. and in the hopes to get the Time Stone from Doctor Strange. But Doctor Strange is not in possession of the Time Stone no. in 2012. It line. is the ancient one. Yeah. Yes. And I love they got Tilda Swinton yeah, back. That was so cool. She Fantastic. was she was one of my favorite parts yeah, of the Doctor Strange really film. Yeah. And their whole interaction was really good and she kind of explains their whole concept of time travel where Mm -hmm. she says if you take away a stone you don't bring it back you've now created a divergent timeline Mm -hmm. so regardless of what you think you've done for your timeline which is great in your reality you've basically fucked my reality right so I'm, I'm glad that they had that little explainer that they had her they would have had to yeah. do it to yeah. really be the person to do that and so Hulk eventually like convinces her like Doctor Strange gave up the stone and she's like yes. why would he do that yeah, and there was a moment where he's like maybe he made a mistake and she goes or maybe I did yeah. and I thought for a moment I was like oh my god they're changing the timeline yeah, she's like... not gonna give it to Strange <laughs> but then it became like okay I'm gonna give you the stone so he mm-hmm. gets the time stone and then they go up to Stark Tower which is Stark Tower, not Avengers Tower at this point. Yeah, Stark, yeah, Tower, Stark Tower, right at the conclusion of the Battle of New York, <laughs> which I loved yeah. because we get to see uh, Tony and Ant Man kind of watching the events of the end of that scene yes. from a side perspective, and I loved how it continued on that scene because yeah. in the original it's what... just like you know they all post up with their poses. Loki says, "I'd like to take that drink now," and then we cut. And that's it. Um, but here happens. we get to see what happens. Uh, the strike team shows up. Yeah. Everybody's like talking about their whole thing. Yeah. Um, Tony Stark makes the America's a- like the that outfit did nothing for your ass comment. Yeah. And yeah. Ant Man, yeah. who has just been a fan of Captain America so from way back yeah. in, in Civil War, yeah. goes to me. That's America's yeah. ass. <laughs> <laughs> I just lost it. Uh, and so <laughs> the strike team, including Rumlow, Crossbones, and other. Mm. from Winter Soldier comes mm-hmm. out yeah. and they're like they're S.H.I.E.L.D. they're actually Hydra but we didn't know that at the time and Ant-Man goes how did you not know they're bad guys <laughs> yeah. they look like bad guys and it's so funny and you, what I really liked was that this scene all of their interactions still to me felt like Joss Whedon writing the oh, way yeah. they were quipping oh, with yeah. each other they're it was so... very Joss yeah. Whedon yeah it felt and, very much from that movie, which is that time, which is, yeah, yeah. like, their interactions and, with know, each other still. You know, Steve even walks off, and Loki makes fun of the way he's talking, yes. how Boy Scout he is, yeah. and, like, you really get that feeling again. <laughs> the elevator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they all get in the elevator, and they sit down, <laughs> and Hulk tries to go, and he's like, oh! 
<laughs> it's like, like immediately. It's, it's like so that funny. family dynamic yeah. that we all missed and we yes. wanted to see here. Yeah. They're like maxim maxim Mag- maximum yeah. occupancy, yeah. man. Yeah. Go yeah. take the stairs. <laughs> and hold stairs. I think for me, this is the first time before Thor Ragnarok that we ever really see him forming sentences. Yeah. He's yeah. like Take the stairs, Hulk. Take the stairs, <laughs> and it goes down. And then in an opposite elevator, so Tony flicks Ant Man. He's going to be in kind of taking point on getting the Tesseract yeah. for the Scepter, which has the Mind Stone. It's in possession of Shield at this point, and Cap gets into it. Let me for those listening at home, keeping score. Let me see if you if this sounds familiar to you. There's an elevator. There's some Shield personnel in there. Captain America gets on the elevator. Surrounded by secret Hydra agents. We all know what's about to happen. I was sitting there. The words were already on my lips before we start. Does yeah. anyone want to get off? off? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm waiting. I'm waiting just to be like, all right, he's going to throw down in the yeah. original yeah. Avengers costume. Let's do this. Yeah. And, uh,. It really shows growth Absolutely. in his character yeah. and how much he's changed as a person. Yes. Where he goes not the punchy punchy route, yeah. but the in- intellectual, I'm going to work my way out of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he goes, you know, Secretary wants me to run point on this. And yeah. they're like, no, man, this is, we're going to have to call this in. And he's like, no need. And he leans in. Yeah. And I, Sammy can attest to this, I just go, no and he leans in and referencing everything up to this point including in the comics where he was a secret Hydra agent big whole controversial story by Nick Spencer he goes hail Hydra the the audience in my screen exploded they're like (laughs) and there's this pause everybody looks and he just walks on out yeah walks with it and again it shows the growth in his character how he's grown yeah different times and he's a different man now and it was yeah because it's like absolutely that and then that's why it's so great when he runs into himself and he runns into himself and it's 2012 cap and you're like oh you're so close (laughs) but then he's also looking at him and he's just like and it's it's so funny because one of my complaints, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, is that Joss Whedon is fantastic with ensemble casts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how he does that is he boils down characters to their definitive traits. Yeah. He doesn't go deep into their character traits yeah. when they're all together. That's why he was so good in TV, because mm-hmm. you can separate those characters yeah. and really get some time with them. But when he's in a group setting, he boils them down to their bare essentials mm-hmm. so that you can see clear contrast between their characters. Yeah, and he and plays that was, with that contrast instead, right. instead, instead of the actual on. layers of the characters. Mm-hmm. And that was my complaint with him about Captain America, because all of his, both Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron, really focused on Boy Scout Captain America language like all of this stuff where Mm -hmm. I didn't I was like but there's more to him than that you watch any of the other even the first Avenger there's so much more to him than that character but we see in this contrast (laughs) when Cap goes up against 2012 Cap and he's like I have eyes on Loki. Right. And he's very like America this yes very robotic and Cap's just like look at I don't want to fight you, man. But then we see... And to me, I don't know if you guys will agree with this. I thought the the original Avengers costume looked way better here than it did in the original Avengers movie. 
just... Yeah, there was to something... To me, it looked better. I, I don't know what it yes. is. For me, I was like, am I just used to it now? Or right. was it I like, like I had it... fit better? I think they must have or done what? a they little did, bit, Because right? that helmet was awful. Yeah. But so they go up, they clash, and there's a moment where he knocks him aside and he goes, I can do this all day. And like, in other films, we've seen that. We've seen, you know, pre-serum Steve being like, I can do this all day. In Civil War, he goes the same thing. But he's like, I can do this all day. And Cap just goes, yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. And he's like, again, that's speaking to like the age of his character. He's just like, I'm fucking, he he swears in this film. On more than one occasion, he's just like, I know. <laughs> and they like they fight they fight and it seems for a moment that 2012 Cap is going to get the like upper him, hand on him yeah. he's choking him out and he uses his weakness yeah, so where good. he goes Bucky's alive <laughs> he's like wait what <laughs> <laughs> knocks him out and I was again, like, oh, self-awareness <laughs> yeah that's self-awareness that's <laughs> growth on his character yeah right where it's like he knows his own weakness. Oh, yeah. And again, that's showing character growth. And mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And then he picks up the staff and he looks at his unconscious body and he goes, That is America's ass. <laughs> that was like, so it was so good. Funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're successful. So we've got five of the six stones accounted for. Meanwhile, mm. with the Tesseract, we see everyone, you know, kind of get off the elevator. They're heading over. And uh, I still, it blew my mind watching this again, how goofy Thor looks mm-hmm. comparatively to now. Sure. Like, like the oh. dyed blonde eyebrows, the long hair that was sure. obviously oh. a wig. Yeah. Like, it's so funny, like, looking back at Just that like, and being oh, like, wait. wow, we loved that look yeah. when it came out. We yeah. were totally digging that, and now we're like, but nowadays it's like weird. that's a little cheesy. <laughs> yeah. We bought it before, yeah. right? But yeah, so they are stopped by Robert freaking Redford. Mm. Another one. How they that got that, that was the one that I was the most like. They got hit. He's too big league for this. Yeah, yeah you're like what? Robert Redford. Like I loved what he did in Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I thought he was fantastic. Um... But I was just so surprised that they brought him back for yeah, this. Absolutely. And then they're enacting their plan. They, you know, cause Tony to have a heart attack. Oh, that's so funny. And they kick the case over. And Tom Hiddleston, I thought after Infinity War, I was like, you know what? I'm good with Tom Hiddleston's Loki. Yeah. When they announced the Loki show, I was like, we've told everything that we can tell with this character. Yeah. But seeing him just silently acting as he's bound he's and like that. made me again, it was just like yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to watch the show. Okay, I'm ready. let's let's do this. All right, because like you know, Tony gets old. Tony gets the case. He's ready to go walk out this tesseract, and we get the payoff of Hulk taking the stairs because he yeah. bursts oh, out of there. The tesseract. Yeah. <laughs> the tesseract goes sliding along the floor, hits Loki's boot, and again, just his silent face acting of just looking down. Yeah. yeah. Picks it up and just warps away. It was like, okay, we've now caused a branching timeline. Yeah. Like, Everything that. that the Ancient One warned us against, it has now come to pass. That just happened. So we're down one stone, everybody regroups, and Tony and Steve come up with an idea. We're going to go to the one place where we know we can get more Pym particles mm-hmm. to time travel, and, and we can get the Tesseract. Yeah. So they head to 
New Jersey in 1970, <laughs> and what I have heard is the final Stanley cameo in the MCU. Mm. I don't know that for sure, because mm. I don't know if he filmed a cameo for Far From Home. Yeah. But he does have a cameo where it's young 70s Stanley driving in his car, his yeah. wife Joan by his side. Aww. It was amazing. That was really sweet. Crowd, again, just yeah, erupted. Always, yeah. But we come to the, uh, the army base Lehigh, which is where... Cap got his start, where he was initially recruited, Mm -hmm. where they did all the testing for Super Soldier Serum, all of that, all the training, the selection, everything. And it's also at this point in time where S.H.I.E.L.D. has set up shop. Mm -hmm. So they're like, we're going to go in, we're going to steal more pin particles, we're going to get the test rock, we're going to get out of here. Steve goes, we get a great, again, little uh, cameo with Hank Pym, a young Hank Pym. Played by Michael Douglas, Mm. who again they're using that amazing de aging technology. That's just gonna get better and better. Well, Disney's got that money too. They do now, especially now. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, they have that great little thing. He steals the uh, the pin particles, but then has to hide because they're looking for them, and he hides in an office. And immediately, as soon as the office goes, uh, I didn't catch it initially. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, okay, he's hiding in his office, he's going to wait. And then um, I got a nudge, and I looked, and the door says Carter on it. <sighs> and I lost my shit. Oh. This, was the f- this was the first moment in the film that I cried. Oh, I, I cried four times across this film. <laughs> four times it happened. Yeah. This was the first time I cried. <laughs> because oh. I'm like, no, don't do this. And you see Peggy through the glass... Yeah. At this point, she's got to be director of S.H.I.E.L.D., do the whole thing. And one thing that I've really loved about Steve's story is this profound sadness mm-hmm. that he's carried through all of his mm-hmm. films, where it's just he never got to live the life that he wanted. Yeah. He even references it early in his film, where he's like, I met the love of my life and then went into the ice for 70 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it was so beautifully sad, because he knows he can't go and talk to her. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's heartbreaking. It is. It absolutely yeah, it was is. Really, it was a good. The, they did a really good job with that because, um, like I've, you know, Captain isn't my favorite character, but man, mm-hmm. did I feel for him in that? Mm-hmm. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. It's like that's something he's always carried with him, and it's like, oh, just seeing that whole like through the glass right there, this life, and it couldn't, I, it couldn't be, and it can't be. And yeah. It was just like, oh, yeah. It was. It was sad. And for point of reference for those keeping score, the second time was when Natasha died. That was the second time I cried. Yes. Because that happened after this. But, so meanwhile, Tony is looking for the Tesseract. He ends up finding it, and he ends up running into Howard Stark. Mm. So they finally get an elevator scene. I loved seeing them play off of each other. Because we've, Mm -hmm. for that actor, we've only seen them, we've only seen them kind of react to each other, um, kind of in passing, whether it's on film the first time we really got to see it was like with a young him in Civil War and using that de-aging technology and uh, this is the first time that they really get to react to each other how they are yeah because even in Civil War it was like you know it was like a made up thing right it was was like yeah it was a hologram and it was like how he wished the day it went or whatever that night it went and instead it didn't go that way you know what I mean it was yeah yeah, so so we get a great scene with them talking about fatherhood because mm-hmm, he's dad now. Yeah, because really he's a dad sweet. now, and his dad is asking sweet. asking yeah. for tips yeah. about how to be a dad, Ugh. and he gives him gives him this great line, which I 
I feel like a lot of parents are going to pass on to their kids now where mm-hmm. he's like no amount of money ever bought an ounce of time mm-hmm. and it's like that's so great mm-hmm. to pass to somebody as a parent yeah mm-hmm. and them kind of having that moment they even have a moment where it's like once they get out they're talking about like have you thought of a name yet he's like well if it's yeah. if it's a boy we're going to name him Almonzo <laughs> and Tony goes well you'll have time you can, yeah. you can figure that out <laughs> And they get, you know, this moment. And I loved, my favorite part of the scene is Tony, like, looks over. And you see Steve trying to be so incognito with yeah, sunglasses like, going, like, thumbs up. Like, I got it. We're good. And in my mind, I didn't make this connection, but I saw this on Twitter. Like, how pissed would Steve have been in that scenario where it's like, I held off talking to Peggy because I didn't want to change the timeline. Oh and I God. go out and he sees fucking Tony talking Just to his dad. dad. It's like... like Dude! So, like, he gets this moment, like, says goodbye, gives him a hug where he's like, thank you, and then has to recover where he's like, for all you've done for this country. Yeah, right? He's like, oh, God. And then he walks off, and we get one of my favorite cameos, James Darcy playing Jarvis. Oh, yeah, that was... Fans of Agent Carter, if you watch Agent Carter, I love that show, James Darcy is a wonderful Jarvis. And getting that just moment between the two of them where it's like, have we met that guy before? He's like, well, you meet a lot, <laughs> a of, lot people. of people. So yeah. yeah. And like, I loved how they, again, closing, every, yeah. tying up every loose end. That's it, yeah. So they get all the stones, they get back, and one of the most, I think, amazing moments is as soon as they get back, Hawkeye drops to his knees. Yeah. After everything that happened. And Hulk just goes, where's Matt? Yeah. And then we get this cut where it's like everyone's like mourning her. And I, I took offense to a lot of people going like, well, Nat didn't even get any time for people to mourn. And I was like, did you miss that entire yeah, scene like, after um, they got back? How Hulk right. threw, like chucked that bench Lay, uh, that we never saw land. So I'm assuming that the bench just went off into the atmosphere. It's gone <laughs> that, was the, that was the it's anger. We'll he just... see it in the space <laughs> someday. No. Well, actually, you know, if you check really closely, <laughs> you see it in the atmosphere. You know, but... Um, I really... Even like like the end of that soul stone part like because i mean if you, you like when you look at infinity war and you look at that it's like shot similarly you know what mm-hmm. i mean like the moments are very like mirrored in a sense yeah and Except they're this was both extremely sad yeah like for but exactly they're different reasons and even the reaction at the end like um when thanos get you know is in the water or whatever and gets the stone and like his reaction versus like hawkeye Hawkeye's coming re- up oh and my god it. he and it's just sobbing. being so different and it just like Oh, it was so... They were both very heavy moments, but, like, completely different in their yeah. own ways. And it was really... That it was, was heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, that was so heavy. Oh, we totally... I totally forgot. So, mm-hmm. Nebula and War Machine... Oh, yeah, and of course. ...are, uh, are on... Vor- <laughs> are on, uh... Where it's... Oh, no! It's, um... Oh, it starts with an M. <laughs> no, it starts with an M. Oh my god. Oh no. (laughs) Well, anyway, they're on the planet that that, uh, has the Power Stone at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. And we get to see one of the most iconic MCU moments, which I believe is the opening to Guardians of the Galaxy. Morag! Morag! That's the. (laughs) Thank you. Morag! So we're on Morag. So we get to see the opening to Guardians of the Galaxy, which I personally believe is one of the top five moments in the entire MCU. Just that opening, how much it subverted expectations of what this movie was going to be. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. And we get that iconic, like he's singing, you know, "Come and Get Your Love," that whole thing. And then we see it from a third person yes. perspective, where he's just like, "Hurry, 
Well, there's no music, right? And he just, you look at him and you remember why you fell in love with Star-Lord as a character, because he's such a loser. He's such a loser. And even Rhodey, who I think is kind of a loser in comparison to the other members of the Avengers, like, looks at Nebula and is like, oh, so he's an idiot. Okay. And, like, they knock him out, they go and get the Power Stone... And they sync up. Rhodey leaves with the Power Stone. But we find out that Nebula, because she's now sharing the same time and space as her past self, they link up through their old school Game Boy link cables. Mm-hmm. And they are now sharing a network. That was smart. I did yeah. Super not smart. see. I would have yeah. never thought of that. And I, I thought like, that, oh. it, that the extent of it was just going to be, oh, this is how he finds out about Tony. Yeah. Because he says in Infinity War, Stark. He's yeah, like, Stark. you know me. He's, you know like, me. he's like, mm-hmm. you're not the only one Chris with not. And I was yeah. like, that's how he finds out about yeah. Tony. But they took it 12 steps further mm-hmm. where <clears throat> they go and they abduct Nebula, our Nebula. Yeah. Subject her to torture. They take her pim particles and they send past Nebula mm-hmm. back. And at this point, we really get to see Thanos in his prime. Sure, because I think, yes. and I've talked to people about this. Like the Thanos we see in Infinity War is world weary. Mm-hmm. He's tired. He's been on a crusade for all of his life. Yeah. This Thanos is 2014 Thanos. This is yes. Thanos who's still like beaming down to planets and like chopping them up with his sick like yeah. Final Fantasy mm-hmm. double sword, yeah. <laughs> like cleaning the blood. <laughs> Off. He's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and like, this is a Thanos who is. <clears throat> what I loved about this version of Thanos is something that, and I talked about this with uh, our friend Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. Andrew. Um, this reminded this Thanos reminded me of Bane from Dark Knight Rises. Uh, There's a moment in Dark Knight mm-hmm. Rises where where uh, Bruce and Alfred are watching the video footage. It's their first time seeing Bane, and Alfred goes, "That's belief." Hmm. every single thing he does he believes in Hmm. and this is a Thanos that is still like on the crusade yeah this is a Thanos that is so much more vicious Mm -hmm. than the Thanos we see in Infinity War yeah absolutely and so he like we also get a reintroduction to Gamora who's alive at this point in 2014 Mm -hmm. so they basically are like okay I've won obviously yeah and they're using time travel to fix what I did I'm not going to let that happen. So they send Nebula, past Nebula, back in Nebula's place. So they all are having their moment. Tony builds his Iron Man Infinity Gauntlet. And then they have the discussion. Who's Who's going to wear this? And again, speaking to our talk about Thor, Mm -hmm. he is so adamant that he be the one to wear the gauntlet. Yeah. He even grabs Tony. He's just like, just let me do this. Just let me do something right. And it's like... Oh God! It hits you again. Yeah, and um, they reference the fact that this is not Infinity War Thor. Infinity War Thor, they would have been like, "Take the gauntlet, man." Yeah, right. You got this. Do it. You're great. But this is Thor who's been out of practice for five years. You know, we were talking about Dragon Ball Z earlier. This is Boos Haga Gohan. (laughs) This is like he's been out of action. He's been way out of shape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so Bruce steps up. And I love this line where he's just like, you know, radiation's mostly gamma. It's like I was made for this. Yeah. And it's like we finally, again, talking about closing ties. Circles. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is what he was made for. So he puts on the gauntlet. You know, everything's going haywire. Meanwhile, past Nebula is like hacking the little time portal. Mm-hmm. And Bruce 
snaps. And I thought for sure we were going to get another way station scene where, like, Thanos went and saw, like, little Gamora. Oh, and yeah. Hulk was going to go see somebody. Yeah. But we didn't. It was fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. But, um, snaps, and then no one's sure what happened. But, like, they, the gauntlet falls off of him. And it got a laugh every time I've seen it. Go- Hawkeye just, like, kicks the gauntlet away. And this guy's, like, bow. He's already. So, like, did it work? Did it work? They shut off all the shutters. And there's this beautiful, beautiful moment where Ant-Man is just walking over to, like, see all these butterflies. Yeah. And we hear Hawkeye's phone going off. Yeah, that was great. Oh, that, and yeah, it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Haw- Hawkeye goes, picks up his phone. It's his wife. Yeah. They don't know where he is. Like... And Ant-Man is just sitting there like he did it. Mm-hmm. Like the the whole arc for him has been like, I'm trying to get everybody back. He has that great little moment where he's explained to them what happened to him. And he's like, Hope, she's my... Yeah, my... She was my... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he can't say it because it hurts him yeah. too much. Yeah. But like he's finally accomplished his goal. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this hope in his eyes. And then all of a sudden, like this missile just... Blows him away. I thought he was dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought I, for sure. Uh, I was like, he's dead. Yeah. Like, absolutely. And for me, I think I would have been okay if that's how it happened. Yeah. Like, he accomplished his goal and then out of nowhere, just senseless violence. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I would have been super heartbroken, but it would have, yeah, that definitely would have been a, a good choice as far but as But so like, Thanos used the pin particles to come back, brings his ship, his whole armada, mm-hmm. basically. And uh, bombs, just bombs, yeah. Avengers, the Avengers complex, yeah. and that's that's scary. Yeah, like just everyone just falling. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye ends up with a gauntlet in the sewer system. <laughs> now, re- Sammy told me that this reminded her of Alien. Oh my gosh! And so he things, he picks yeah. up the gauntlet and he hears like shuddering behind him. And he mm-hmm. turns around, just shoots off a little flashlight arrow. Oh yeah! And you just see the the Outriders just like yeah. come along the walls, and I'm like. No. <laughs> no. He picks up the gauntlet and he starts running. Um, Ant-Man, uh, Hulk, Rhodey, and Rocket are all trapped underneath the rubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony finds an unconscious cat, wakes him up, yeah. and they're like, we gotta go do this. Meanwhile, Thanos beams down, and he's like, with Nebula, he's like, you go get the gauntlet. Right. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like... I'm gonna wait. Just and he like chills. stabs his sword, takes his helmet off, puts mm-hmm. on the sword, and he sits there. Yeah. And I'm like, God, he's oh. so cool. Know, right? <laughs> Stop like, being so cool. He's like, don't come to me. I'm not worried about this. Like, and then geez. we see like Tony and Cap like walk up, and Thor's just standing there in his little hoodie. Well, that was a great scene. That mm-hmm. that that part when because they came out to join the fight. Was, we've now yeah. finally seen Thor have this moment where he's like, I can fix this. Yeah, exactly. And I and he gets that moment of redemption where he's like, I can kill Thanos. Yeah. I can right do it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's serious, there's no jokes. Yeah. And uh they're all standing there, they're like, Alright, let's do this. And he just raises up both his hands and he's like, Let's kill him properly this time. And, and, and he pulls boom, Stormbringer or Stormbreaker, boom, Mjolnir. Yeah. He gets this sick looking Jason Momoa like <laughs> Braided blonde beard, beard. <laughs> and his armor comes up. He's overweight. He's got the beer gut, but the armor's still there. <laughs> totally it, ignored it. Totally, totally ignored it. Totally ignored, ignored it. Because, yeah. like, you at this point, again, it's belief. Yeah. Like, this guy is about to avenge his mm-hmm. biggest right. failure. You know, a lot of ways, um, 
it's it's obviously for so many reasons it's it's a rematch you know everybody here is a sports mm-hmm. person so if you've been beaten by someone you have the opportunity to go back and fight them again it's like yeah. it, there's no jokes in this moment it's like you know exactly what to do and so there was that moment of when and I like I call it the walkout you you're mm-hmm. you're, a, you're a fighter so when they come out your cha- who come you know your champion is, is 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 there and he's waiting and it's like mm-hmm. and here they are they're they're absolutely sitting and 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 they they do it, and I think that's fantastic. The build up to that is great. Yeah, I really like the build up to it. Yeah, like I mean, you just have Thanos on one end, and then you have these three guys who mm-hmm. literally have basically started this whole thing. Yeah, for us. they've been like we've talked about it. They're the Trinity. You know what I mean? That's a great point. And it's like you've put everyone out of commission in their own way right now, sure. just so that we can have this fight. And it's yeah, I mean, just seeing it alone, you just are like, oh, I'm so ready. Right. Like, this, <laughs> is, this is your chaos. Like, this is eleven is, years oh. of chaos, and, and so. Yeah. And it's terrifying at the same time because you know, like, oh, I don't know. And that's, so. and that's where I think as an audience member, like, you know that this isn't going to end up well for at least one of these people. You mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. the gravity with the contract. Maybe all of them. Goes, or maybe all of them. Maybe they want a clean slate. And so there, you know that as an audience member going into this. And here you have your, you know, this is your 12th round. So it's like this is where it's going to happen. So yeah. this is where all that emotion is coming to a head and eventually it's going to there's going to be a point when it has to be released and so and it's exciting to you know. see like Iron Man and Captain fighting again like yeah. next to each other that was really cool like and again even Thor because it's been a very long time too but it's yeah just especially them because they just you know weren't getting along for yeah. a while there mm-hmm. so it was cool to be like alright let's go get this well and speaking of the walkout that you are talking about I appreciate the people who cut those trailers together so much mm-hmm. because that scene of them walking out is in the trailer. Yeah, there's like yeah. little... But yeah. you don't get any hint that it's Fat Thor. Sure. Mm-hmm. You don't get any hint that Thor has Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. Yeah. And it's like, it's crazy how yeah. much they were able to really like digitally alter to put in a trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, they all walk out. They're all like surrounding him and I loved how it was like, you have to assume like in the walk down, Cap's like, all right, you're going to flank left. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. right, I'm going to go right down the middle. This. And so it's like, like you said, them walking out and it's this moment, this anticipation where Thanos, you know, he stands up, puts his helmet back right. on mm-hmm. and he gives that great line where he's like, you couldn't deal with your own failures. Right. And yeah, why did that bring you back to me? Yeah. Yeah. And then they just start throwing down. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. Yes. Meanwhile, Hawkeye escapes the Outriders. He's laying there. He's like, ah, he's got the gauntlet. And Nebula walks up and he goes, oh, I know you. I know you. And that's again, Jeremy Renner has some of the greatest like line deliveries. Yeah, and he hands the uh, gauntlet over to who he thinks is Nebula. And Nebula just goes, all right, Dad, I got it. And Jeremy so, Renner's like, what? Uh, <laughs> and so, meanwhile, Gamora, who we all know always wanted to overthrow Thanos all the way back to the first Guardians where she was underneath him, rescues Nebula, and the two of them go down to face off with past Nebula. Mm-hmm. And they and I loved, like I was thinking about this the other day, like this is as much a Nebula movie as it is for Cap or Thor sure. or Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Like this is her film yeah. showing the growth in her character. Because I'll be honest, I didn't like her character in the first Guardians. Yeah. I thought she played it really over the top. She yeah. was nothing more than like what we've seen in like bad Marvel villains. Yeah. But across like the second Guardians Infinity War and this she's really grown as a character grown on me yeah absolutely there wasn't I agree there wasn't she just wasn't necessarily memorable in the beginning because of Mm -hmm. the fact that she just played it so like okay one note got it you know what I mean and luckily 
through writing and stuff, they even decided to have like the sisters kind of like come together, yeah. which really I think helped Love open that. up her character. And that's yeah, right. And then we get Nebula facing off with that past mm-hmm. version of herself, and that moment where this was a Nebula that her end all be all her entire life was Thanos and his will. Oh yeah. And when they go like you can change, and she goes, he won't let me. Yeah. Like that's oh, it's heartbreaking, yeah. and it's like. To me, it plays a lot into, and I saw this a lot too, uh, Nebula, just as much as Thor is for people of depression, Mm -hmm. Nebula is kind of what Harley Quinn was to a lot of people, where she is the product of domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. Like, she is someone who was abused as a child. Every time she lost a Gamora... Thanos was like, all right, I'm going to take a piece of you away and replace yeah. with cybernetics. Like, that is an abusive, yeah, absolutely. difficult relationship. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she was able to grow out of it yeah. and become better, become more, yeah. is a testament to her character. Yeah. And this idea that at this point in the 2014 version of her, she didn't think that she could. Because yeah. her entire existence was based around Thanos. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's crazy that she can even, you know, through their connection of her future self and her, can see, like, what the future's gonna be, basically. Right. And she still is, like, you know, it's like, I have to, I still have to please him, I have to do this, I have to, like, actually, you know, do something right in his eyes so that he'll love me, so he'll, you know, appreciate all that stuff. she hasn't made that journey. Yeah, exactly. It's great that you bring that up because I didn't actually think about how you said it, but it kind of parallels people to making choices in their life. When you're in this situation, you can choose to change. You can change. And a lot of people don't believe they can until, you know, you change, right? Right. You have have to make a choice and the first choice you make is yours. And so for her to be able to see, hey, you can change, but... You have to want to change, and right. I think in the moment you she you can, you know there's like that saying you have two wolves inside of you you have hate and love whichever one you feed the most will grow, right. and then it's like that you can choose to change or you can choose to not, and then ultimately she chooses or she can't, and yeah, you know, and then Nebula ends up killing her past self. They all kind of regroup and they head out. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, we get a killer throwdown between our MCU tri- Trinity and Thanos. Yeah. And at a certain point, I loved this moment, and I didn't even catch it at first on, on the first viewing, but I really like zoned in on the second one. Was um, Iron Man opening up the back of his armor hitting and Thor like hitting him with the lightning, but, calling back oh, to the first yes. Avengers where they're battling in the yes, woods, huh? and Thor like zaps him with the lightning. And it's like. Hundred and ten percent. He's like, how about that? How about that? Yeah, yeah. And so, but now they're using it in conjunction, and it's that you know, I don't know if you guys played this, but like, it's that Marvel Ultimate Alliance where it's like, hey, let's team up our our super special moves to make a combo attack. Like, I love that shit. Yeah. So like, they blast. People have fought for years now together. It's so great that they actually like do these little callbacks without like not bringing a lot of attention to like, oh hey, it's a callback. It's like, no, hey, remember that time? Time we were in the yeah. forest. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, it's like, like no, yeah. we just do it now. Like we're just this is it. Like this the, is how the, we we're fight a team. Now. Yeah. yeah, and so Iron Man gets knocked out of commission. Thor is battling with uh, Thanos. Mjolnir gets knocked out of his hand, and Thanos is getting ready to stab stab uh, Thor with the back of Stormbreaker's axe and there's that moment where you just see Mjolnir lift off the ground yeah. and you know what's coming I didn't know what's coming you didn't, didn't know I didn't know oh didn't, my god so Mjolnir comes sailing through the air whacks Thanos pulls back and boom Cap yeah. catches it and 
I jumped out of my seat. I literally <laughs> stood up and I was like, hands up in the air, like, yeah! Scurry, Like, I was. I heard you I was just, yeah. Whole city away. Yeah, city away. But like, I was just, I was over the moon because yeah. it's like, we got that hint of him being worthy. Oh, you had said that. When yeah. In, oh, in, yeah. In, 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 in Age of Ultron. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I actually heard a really interesting theory recently that the only thing that was keeping him from mm-hmm. being able to lift it in the first place was the secret that he was keeping from Tony about, about Bucky. Bucky killing yeah. his parents yeah. Yeah. and that him getting that off his chest and being honest with him but he didn't know Bucky did but he didn't know this. he did know from yeah. the... he did know because oh, he, know. Know. he found out in Winter Soldier oh yeah that's right oh yeah I forgot about so, that I don't know. They, then, they, they haven't confirmed that that's okay, true. Yeah, sure. But I love the idea. Sure. Of that. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so we find out Cap is worthy. And again, like we were saying earlier, Thor just going, I knew it. Yeah. It's Smile. like, you go, friend. You that's go. Okay. And it's like, they just, oh, he just starts comboing with the hammer and the shield. One of my favorite parts, he throws the shield, it bounces off Thanos' face, comes back to Cap. Cap. Hits the shield yeah, with right. the hammer. It bounces off him again and catches the shield. Right. So it 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 was like he had been using it for years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like calls down the lightning on him, and then we get a really scary moment where I thought this is where Cap's dying <laughs> because uh, Thanos knocks Mjolnir out of his hand and uses his sword to just start hacking away, breaking Ooh, his shield yeah. and hacking yeah. the shield oh apart. Gosh. I'm like, no, Stop no, it. no, I'm not ready. Like, <laughs> he wasn't ready. Like, and uh, he gets like hacked away, and it's like Thanos gives this, again, Thanos is full of killer lines. Yeah. But he goes like, you know, in all my years of conquest, it's never been personal. Mm-hmm. But this, what I'm about to do to your planet, mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy it. And enjoy I'm like, it. come on, why are you so cool? And then <laughs> his whole ship comes down. His armies come down. The Black Order comes down. And it's like, oh, God. Oh. So Thor, or, uh, Cap gets back up. And I didn't notice this on the first viewing, but like he has this giant gash in his arm. And when he pulls the strap tighter, it's to close that gash. Mm. Oh, I didn't notice that. It's in all the so, trailers. I know the part you're Yeah, it's in the about. trailers, but yeah. again, they edited it out. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, but, like, he has this huge gash, and you see when he tightens it, it closes. So he's oh, pulling the strap gotcha. to close oh. it so he can keep Make using his arm. Crazy. Wow. Like, super good. Yeah. And so he gets up, and it's that, you know, never says it, but it's that... I can do this all day. I thought he was going to say it. I, I thought was, so too. I, I thought we're sure. Okay. But he stands yeah, right. up yeah. and there's this beautiful, like I want it framed, this shot of Cap just standing on one end and all the armies on the other side. And it's yeah. that no, you move kind of moment. Oh my God. Where it's like, he's dead. Yeah. Like was, he is going to get, yeah. he's going to be the last one standing like, and he's going to no get massacred. There's no one coming. Like... And it's like, Cap's going to make his that? final stand and I'm making peace with it, right? I'm sitting in my seat going, if he's got to go out, he's got to go out taking the ball. <laughs> That's fine. He'll, he'll get overwhelmed, but it's okay. okay. And I'm getting emotional. And then all you, you suddenly hear, Oh my cap. gosh. And credit to Joan Anthony Russo, to everyone who put this film together. They do an incredible job of making you forget that they snapped a girl oh, yeah. back. Sure. They do an incredible job. Oh, because yeah. when the three of them are walking up, you're like, that's it. That's, that's our final yeah, line of defense. Is, yeah. Yeah. And so you hear the, you there? Like, do you read? Yeah. Portal starts to open up, and you hear him go, on your on left. Your left. Oh. And oh, I, so oh, I teared up. I teared up. I didn't cry, but I teared up. Black Panther, 
comes yeah. walking through all the arms of Wakanda and everyone, everyone, literally yes. everyone, Howard the Duck came out, <laughs> like yeah. everyone. Yeah. He, literally, Howard the Duck was there with the Ravagers. <laughs> like, he came out of this giant Asgard, like everyone was there. Everyone. Valkyries there with yeah. the Asgardians, you know. Fucking Wong- Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts in the rescue armor. <laughs> Pepper Potts in the rescue armor. Incredible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, like ev- literally everyone who has ever fought is there, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh my god! Like oh Ant Man breaks out, who's now Giant Man with everybody. <laughs> War Machine's got this sick-looking like mech armor on now, yeah, yeah. and it's like you know it's coming. You know it's, it's the big pan across of everybody. Cap goes Avengers, <laughs> and he pulls the hammer back, right. and he goes assemble. <laughs> Again, crowd exploded. I jumped out of my seat again. And we get this (laughs) big, just army against army. The greatest throwdown in comic book history, in in comic book film history, possibly film history. Um, Just this huge throwdown of these two forces. And we see everybody. We see everybody doing their Mm -hmm. own thing. Hawkeye is running with the gauntlet and he's just like okay I gotta get this where are we going what are we doing yeah. and they're like we gotta get the stones back to their points in time so they get this great moment where it's like well he destroyed the portal and then Ant-Man goes no he didn't and he clicks and you hear the da 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 and so the goal is to go for the van yeah. so Hawkeye is running towards the van he gets stopped by some of the people and then Black Panther shows up paying off a moment from Civil War where Hawkeye's like, we haven't met before, I'm Clint. And Black Panther goes, I don't don't care. care. (laughs) So he goes, Clint, (laughs) saying that he remembers. He's like, give it to me. (laughs) So then he takes it. It's a relay race. This entire scene becomes a relay race where Black Panther's running. Um, He almost gets stopped by Thanos and then Scarlet Witch shows up and Wanda's pissed. Red eyes, like her power is going, and she's like, "You took, took everything, everything from me." And Thanos goes, "I don't even know who you I are." Know, I know. <laughs> and, and she, killer comeback goes, "You will," yeah. and starts like lifting up boulders, throwing him. He's getting bashed. Oh Black Panther God, moves so on, good. which she needed a kind of come up oh, against yeah. him after oh, what yeah. he did to Vision, the whole deal. All of it, yeah. Black Panther gets caught by Ebony Maw. He passes the gauntlet off to Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man takes the gauntlet. He's flying. Um, meanwhile, uh, Wanda is getting ready to just rip Thanos to mm-hmm. shreds. Mm-hmm. And Thanos is like, just, you know, like scorched rain earth. Down him, yeah. Rain fire. Yeah. And so they just, his ship just starts, just scorched yeah. earth. Just... Yeah. Dropping bombs mm-hmm. everywhere, lasers destroying everything. So she has uh, the defenders off now. It yep. just takes her out. Yeah. Takes her takes her attention away from him. Spider-Man gets knocked out of the air. He's holding on to the gauntlet, and then all of a sudden, I think this is one of the most. Again, I, I'm saying this. I say this a lot. Like, this is one of the most iconic moments of the MCU. I think all of the cannons suddenly point up. Oh, yeah. And they just fire off into the clouds. Oh, and they're gosh. like, what's going on? Yeah. Even me, I'm like, what's happening? Like, what's coming? And, uh, man. Yeah. Tony's just like, what's going on? And uh, Friday goes, something just entered the atmosphere. And yeah. all of a sudden you're like, yes. Yeah. It's a Superman moment. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's a Superman moment. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. And you just yeah. see this ball of fire mm-hmm. just shoot through the ship, destroying the ship, pops up, 
carols on the game. Yes. A new challenger has <laughs> arrived. Like, Carol just destroys the ship. She uh, is now the Avengers nuclear option. Yeah. She just, like, rips through this this whole ship. Yeah. No, no problem. Nope. Not an um, issue. Yeah, I mean, it, for me, when the cannons moved, I, I knew, but that was because I was like, "Oh, you knew immediately, yes." Because I, like, I was like, "All right, we got everybody here except," <laughs> but I was like, "She is like the, you know, the I hate to say it, Trump card, but it's like she's, she's yeah. the top tier." So now. it's like she's, you know what I mean? And so yeah, when the cannons moved, I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, and then. She just destroys the ship. Everybody's like, all right, cool. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. Um, earlier, I forgot to mention, there's a great little moment between Peter and Tony mm, where Peter's just yeah, like, when they hey, man, like, this has been crazy. Like, I don't know if I passed out or something, but I passed out. I woke up and you were gone. And then Dr. Strange was like, oh, it's been oh, five years. We're going to go help gonna him go out. And he just rolls with it. I <laughs> love just, that. Yeah, and then so Tony sweet. hugs Tony him. Tony hugs him. And he's just like, Oh, this is nice. Oh, this is nice. Like that was so because yeah, so earlier sweet. when he was just when he got back like from space, like Tony, and then he was just like, I lost oh, the kid. Yeah, was like, that was so sad. Like so I lost sad. The kid. And like, the whole impetus behind him yeah. looking into the time travel in the first place yeah. was that picture, picture of him mm-hmm. and Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like so. Right. Captain Marvel shows up. She takes the gauntlet, and Peter's like, I don't know how you're gonna go through all those guys. Which to me personally, I was like. Did you just not fucking see Did her you, go through uh, this entire... I don't think she's going to have a problem. Yeah, I... But... I will say that was a little for me, too, when they were like, I don't know how you're going to get through them all. I was like, oh... Were you watching? That was, like, a part that I was like, yeah, whatever. But <laughs> it opened up the opportunity for this scene, which I love. I think so, too. Everybody going... She's not alone. And right. all of the female members right. of the MCU roll in, and it's like, A-Force. Yeah. Get them. And, yeah. like, for those of you who, don't, who aren't familiar, A-Force was a comic in the recent years where it was basically an f- all-female Avengers team. And it's a film that Brie Larson, Tessa Thompson, and others have been pushing for in the last couple of years to have just a film. Mm-hmm. And now we know they have the cast for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that Absolutely. Was, that for me, I was like, that was one of the cooler parts was actually seeing all the female characters together because it's like... Um, you know, in Infinity War, they had, like, a little female battle and stuff, right, too. Yeah. It was, like, three of them or whatever. And it's, like, then now even to this one, and it's just, like, oh, like, yeah, there's this chick and this one and this one. And, that like, it was literally this big group of just, like, female power. Like, oh, okay, yeah, there's a lot of female superheroes yeah. now on the and field. It, it felt like a pretty... whole universe. Yeah, it really did. It's, yeah. like, easily an all-female Avengers film can be made and yeah. can do well I think yeah. sure, I think Captain Marvel's a big part of that too like obviously Absolutely. the success yeah. that, that that film had right. with the female lead in it because I mean I think that uh, the cast of Black Panther too did a lot for the female characters too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Black Panther's a very yeah. female led film too mm-hmm. right with yeah. uh, Okoye Shuri his yeah. mom like yeah. all of it a very very strong the entire Dora Milaje like mm-hmm. that elite so fighting force of exactly. warriors I love that I that yeah. was so cool and so like just getting them all together and them all kicking ass, mm-hmm. Valkyrie flying through, yeah. cutting up right. one of the things. It was just great. And so Captain Marvel goes, uh, Thanos destroys the uh, the, the van, mm-hmm. and then it's a mad dash for the gauntlet. Yeah. I loved. Thanos gets the gauntlet, puts it on, he's getting ready to snap. Carol rolls mm-hmm. in, grabs the gauntlet, and you can tell she's not letting go. So Thanos goes, all right, I'm going to headbutt her. Bink, and it just, just bounces <laughs> off her head. No sells it. Wrestling term, no sells it. <laughs> no Carol's is just looking at him like, yeah, 
try that again, please. <laughs> and so she pushes him back, gets ready to blast him, and I thought, again, incredible tactical mind from Thanos. Mm-hmm. Pulls the power stone off, Thanos just like, falcon punches yes, her off yes. the stage. Like, she yeah. goes off, puts the gem back in, and there's a moment where Tony looks at Strange. And there's a moment earlier oh, yeah. in this where he goes, yes. is this the one? Yeah. Is this yeah, the one? This, uh... And, and uh, Strange is just like, if I tell you, it's not going to happen. Which is yeah. great time time travel theory. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can't tell you because it'll change what you're going to do. So, so yes. Tony like looks at Strange and Strange holds up the one. The one He's yeah. like, this is the one. And Tony knows exactly what's there's about one to happen. Chance. When, so when he we runs win. in. Tr- Looks like he's trying to get the gauntlet off. Mm-hmm. Thanos like hits him off, and he goes, "I am inevitable," and he snaps, yeah. and nothing happens. Nothing. And it's like turns the gauntlet over. Gems are gone. We look over at Tony, and he's got the stones, mm-hmm. and they're like on his gauntlet. And you're like, "Oh, he's oh. dead!" Like yeah. that's the moment that I was like, "That's who no, it is." That's that's right. who it is. You know, yeah, that's yeah. who it is. I and I always thought it was going to be Tony dies, Cap lives, but I wasn't emotionally prepared for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. It's the same. I've, I've been almost. Oh God, I can't even. Like, there's been so many films where I've been like, "Tony might die. Tony might die. <laughs> like, Tony might." Because <laughs> the whole thing I've about so, yeah, yeah, it's his been his whole character mm-hmm. arc going back to the first Avengers where. Cap was like, you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play. Yeah. Right. Like, you're not going to sacrifice yourself for other people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and he gets this, he gets it all, and he looks like an I am I Iron am Man. I'm and he snaps. Man. Quick side note, did you guys know in the first Iron Man movie he improv that line? I didn't know. That was an ad lib. You told me that. And yeah. I thought it was such a cool Incredible. Thing. What was it? Yeah. So they just didn't have anything? They didn't have that. Oh. That wasn't, like, that wasn't, and doing my research with it like extras for that scene yeah. were told it was a dream sequence to oh, not spoil smart. it yeah. so they of course they were going to get to that point mm-hmm. in the scene but that was never the line and yeah. he Robert Downey Jr. is an infinite wisdom yeah. all hail the Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. like just ad-libbed that line it was on the so spot perfect. and Kevin Feige looked at that and went that yes so yes, that's much. what we're doing I watched that after you had said that mm-hmm. and when he says it he kind of has a, a little, a little smile. Yeah, a little like, smirk. He's like, okay. "Am I gonna get away with this?" But yeah, he 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 landed the shit out of it. But yeah. to, to, did you know that uh, this was the last scene? I, from my understanding, that they shot of the movie this last yeah. part because that that was that's not what he said either. No, he wasn't gonna say. I, they wrote, I, I forget who said it. and I wish I remember now. Well, somebody suggested that they. I think it was an editor. Yeah. Because the story was like they didn't have him say anything yeah. initially, and they were just like he's just going to snap, and they're like, oh, but that's not Tony. Yeah, like, exactly. Tony's not quick. So they went through like three or four different lines where they were like giving it to him, and he would say it, but it didn't feel right. And then, like you said, an editor was like, why don't we just bring this all back around? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's got the perfect setup. I'm inevitable. Absolutely. It's like I'm Iron Man. Yeah. And so he snaps, all of Thanos' forces get dusted, and mm. beautiful little moment with Thanos just kind of watching everything. Literally like the last And he sits and down. down. And I wonder if Tony was like, Alright, snap everybody right yeah. away, but fucking let Thanos watch this shit. <laughs> gotta sit first. Fuck him. And then go, yeah. So and it was great, you know, Thanos sits down and it's like that same exact it was almost parallel to him sitting down at the end of Infinity War. Was him like sitting sure. down, 
exact same stance and he just like knows he's lost mm-hmm. and, and he like bows his head and you see the dust come off there's a moment where I was like Did, are they not gonna kill him yeah I was like they got it what they can't not dust him but yeah they dust yeah, him and he goes and uh then we go to the death seat yeah and it was sad this was the third time oh I cried third time I cried this is the only time I actually cried Um, there was parts I was really close but I cried on this one this was uh, this was tough because Tony only has one line in this entire this entire exchange because I I didn't think Mm. he had a line in this entire exchange he's just sitting there in silence and he's burned and they make the reference earlier when they're talking about who's going to snap to bring everybody back like you can't survive this yeah yeah. no normal person could survive this and Tony as incredible and amazing as he is is a normal person mm-hmm. so he's sitting there and he's just dying Rhodey is the first one on the scene which I love because yeah. they have that history together yeah. and he just kind of it's that silent acknowledgement and then Peter gets there yeah. and Peter's just like I'm, we did it you won mm-hmm. like I'm sorry I'm sorry like Ugh. I will say Tom Holland is not an incredible actor <laughs> but he tried his best <laughs> and it was almost like Gwyneth Paltrow going I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have my seat. Right? I'm gonna have my seat. Yeah, right. Yeah, but Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. That was the moment that I lost it. Yeah. Because I think she, so like, too. I think she looks too. at him and she's and she when she says it's okay, yeah. we're gonna be okay. You can mm-hmm. rest. Calling back to that first scene, yeah. saying, "But would you rest?" Yeah. Saying like, "We're gonna be okay. You can rest." I've yeah. seen that before. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. You see, like. Uh, like a grandparent or someone, mm-hmm. and you basically tell them like, "It's a, we're gonna be okay." Yeah. Um, but like, and it's 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 affecting. Like yeah. you see, and like the only line he has in this entire scene is when Pepper comes in. And he's like, "Oh, hey, Pep." Yeah. And it yeah. like, it's so it calls back. Yeah. And he's just sitting there, and she's like, "It's okay. You can." Go. We're basically telling him you can go. Yeah. And um, he just oh, he passes. The arc reactor just shuts off, and his hand droops, and mm-hmm. uh, I bawled. Yeah, like I, I full on cried, and that is the death of eleven years. That's yeah. the death of mm-hmm. Tony Stark, the character who built and established the MCU. Yeah, what did you guys think about that? Yeah, scene? I did. Like it's it's sad, but it's like he had to go. Like right. it just that was his completion, and for me, it was like having the moment with Pepper Potts too was like really for me that was full circle for her too it's like at Mm -hmm. the same like even at the beginning of this film and everything else it's like there's been a change between her you know there used to be a time where she fought him on this stuff and was like come on like you know like just settle down do that you know what I mean and And then it became like okay he's never gonna do that like he's you know what I mean this is him this is what he's gotta do and stuff so she's had growth in their relationship Mm -hmm. as well and then so for her to then be at the end and be that strong person and like you know even more than like yeah you just had a Spider-Man like you know being really upset Peter being really upset about it and then she's the one that comes in that's all strength and it's just like yeah "Yeah, you did it like you know what I mean like knowing that this was his goal overall and like oh that just was so good yeah well and like to to your point Mm -hmm. like Rewatching Iron Man one, they have an argument. Yeah. Like when he first goes over to Iraq and is like blasting everybody, yeah. and she goes like, "You're gonna kill yourself, and I don't want to be around for that." Yeah, and it's, it's like exactly, oh, it's like it's God. exactly, it's, like, you know, it's manifest destiny. Yeah, she, and, it's that whole thing where it's, I'm like, she's 
fought him for so many times and that their relationship is really kind of even in Infinity War you know it was like oh we're gonna go out on a date now you're gonna go fight this thing and she's yeah. like please don't tell me you're not she's like yeah, no please tell me you're not on that ship like, you know it was like even that it was just this full for uh, so I was like oh that yeah. was yeah that got yeah. me and uh, all three all three viewings for me like it really got me how there was no music after yeah. that mm-hmm. as soon as he passes no music the only ambient sound is you get like some fire in the background like crackling yeah. and yeah. it's like everyone is just like fuck mm-hmm. so then we go to um, the funeral scene mm-hmm. where we get everybody there yeah and we get if you weren't like, fighting then you get to see all the other people who came back too right, right. Yeah. so we get Michael Douglas we mm-hmm. get Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. we get the freaking kid from Iron Man 3 yeah. who had the potato gun like <laughs> I didn't know brought, that was they a brought long brought side. I, I had no idea <laughs> yeah um, they brought General Ross back was there too like mm-hmm. everybody was there mm-hmm. and they sent off a little flower thing with his first arc reactor yeah, yeah. proof that he has with a proof heart that yeah. has a heart like that got me too um, just everybody there and then they play this final recording that he made right before um, they went off on in uh, the timeline and Mm -hmm. he's just talking about like if if something happens like everything's gonna be okay like i hope you're watching this in celebration and we're getting resolutions for everybody you know black panther's back with his people hawkeye's back with his family now hopefully retired for good (laughs) Um, everybody's kind of getting their resolution scott's back with his daughter and hope Mm -hmm. and everybody and he's basically you know saying like part of the journey is the end Right. And he's like, but everything's and then he's just so Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. was like, I don't know what I'm worried about anyway. Yeah. <laughs> everything's gonna everything's gonna happen everything's... as it's gonna happen. And then he gives the line that they set up earlier in the film where he goes, I love you three thousand Yeah. To his daughter. And um Yeah, just sad. Mm-hmm. So then that that wraps up and um can I say I feel like the Love yeah. 3000 is now being abused by it really is because they're, they're the really world. stretching it's, they're really yeah. stretching the I use of it I literally saw it's... it today with like yeah two people who are dating and they're like I love you 3000 and I was like uh stop no get out <laughs> uh, you guys been together like two months and <laughs> we're talking about the love between a daughter and their father <laughs> But I did see a really funny video on Instagram. It was like this dad, like coming up, like filming his daughter. He's like, "Say you love me three thousand. And she goes, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> so like, I think it's That's funny, but funny. like people are definitely abusing it now. Oh, and I God. feel like, like the stop. It's like stop. And I feel sacred. like they're really yeah. It's it's kind of diminishing the meaning of that. Right. But incredible. I love the moment right after that where uh, Happy Hogan is sitting with his daughter oh, and he talks to her like, you hungry? Do what do you want? She's like, cheeseburgers. Calling back oh, the very yes. first yeah. Iron Man. It's the first thing he wanted I when know. he got back out of the terrorists' clutches. Like, he wanted cheeseburgers. cheeseburgers. And Robert Downey Jr. even talked about how cheeseburgers got him sober. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't know oh, that. That's, th- cool. that's why it was included in the first movie. Yeah, that's cool. It's like, any time that he wanted a drink, he just went and got a cheeseburger. I like, a cheeseburger. That was it. That made, after seeing it, I was just like, oh, I need a burger. <laughs> like, almost like, this is for you, man. But, like, yeah, just having that moment again, John Favreau, we're talking about, yeah. full circle for him. Like, mm-hmm. he started oh, yeah. off directing mm-hmm. the first Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just getting that moment. And then we get to 
the big C for me, mm-hmm. which was uh, them gotta basically set, got to return the stones. <laughs> so they rebuilt a little platform, and Steve has elected to be the one to send them off. And it's like, ever the soldier, ever the good soldier, he's like, got to keep going. And they touched on this in Age of Ultron. It's like, where would, who would you be without conflict? Who would you be without war? It's like, oh, he's going off on another mission, just like he always does. It's like, of yeah. course he's the yeah. one. And uh, they're like, you're going to return the stuff. You know, for him, it's going to be as long as it takes. For us, it's going to be five seconds. Yeah. And so he gets on the platform with the stones, and he has this great little exchange with Falcon, who's just like, I can go with you. And yeah. it's like, this. It's, that's been their whole relationship. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's like, oh, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm right behind you, man. I got gotcha. you. I do what you do, just slower. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> like, he's always, like, yeah. one step behind him, but he's always there. Mm-hmm. And, um... They get the he gets that line with Bucky where he he's like, Bucky says, "Don't do anything stupid." Or mm-hmm. Steve goes, "Don't do anything stupid until I get back." I? And Bucky goes, "How can I? You just stupid, stupid with you." you. Yeah. Calling uh, back again to the first event, to yeah. the first Captain America movie. Yeah, teared up, didn't cry yet. We're getting there. <laughs> um, he goes up on the platform, picks up Mjolnir, and I'm like, I now need a six episode miniseries You're like, of him on. just fighting people with Mjolnir. <laughs> Each episode is him returning the stone to a different place. Right? Yeah, like, I just need it. And so he gets zapped out. They're like, five, four, three, two, one, nothing. And I thought that's how we're leaving him. Mm. I was like, he's going to get lost. He's going to be lost in the timeline. We don't know where he is. So that because it's a business and Marvel and Disney are a business they can bring him back whenever they want and he stays young but he's off the board and I was like that makes sense that's like putting him on ice again you can bring him back whenever you want that's fine I get it it's fine but then Bucky turns around Mm -hmm. and he's like Sam and they all turn around and you see this little person sitting on a bench Mm -hmm. and I'm like as soon as as soon as he's sitting on the bench I go, I lean forward in my seat and I'm like, no. No. And so they walk up and there's this moment where both where both Sam and Bucky are standing there and it's just in silence and Bucky goes, You go you go ahead. Yeah, you go. He's and like, it's like he already knew. Like oh, he knew. He knew. Yeah. He knew. And uh, Sam walks up and we find old Steve sitting on the mm. bench. And uh, again, I was tearing up hardcore here. Um, they talk about like what happened and he's like well you know after I returned the stones I thought I'd go get some of that life that Tony was talking Mm -hmm. about and so you find out that after returning the stones he returned he went and lived a life grew old and uh, Sam's just standing there and it's just like he doesn't know what to say he's just like I just I can't believe I'm not I'm gonna have to live in a world without Captain America and he goes like oh that reminds me and he pulls out a thing and I go <gasps> he pulls out this brand spanking new shield yeah. new design and everything like mm-hmm. it's it's a different shield for mm-hmm. sure and he looks at it he looks at it he looks at Sam he goes try it on oh, and man. I just oh like the tears started coming they weren't <laughs> quite full force yet but it's again we're talking about the Russo brothers during interviews coming up to this movie we're like this is the culmination of the story that we started in Winter Soldier Mm -hmm. like they had four they had four films across the MCU Winter Soldier Civil War Infinity War and Endgame they're like for Captain America we had a clear arc through all of them if you watch all of them together you will see it yeah and this arc also included Falcon, mm-hmm. introducing him in Winter Soldier, Sam always being one step behind Steve, yeah. but being perennially like by his side. Yeah. He's like his most loyal 
uh, companion, mm-hmm. always there to take the bullets that Steve is taking, and uh, for him to pass on the shield to Sam, I thought worked yeah. for me. Yeah. A lot of people were like, "Oh, it should have been Bucky." Bucky yeah, got shafted. For me, mm-hmm. in any other medium, yes. Mm-hmm. Cartoons, sure. Yes. Comic books, absolutely. Yeah. But this version in the MCU, this version of Bucky, didn't want to fight anymore. No. He was happiest as a goat farmer in Wakanda. Yeah, right? Like... The one-armed goat farmer, he I was know. happy. Yeah. And, and him, and if Steve gave the shield to him, it'd basically be like, hey, I know you've been used as a weapon pretty much your entire yeah. life. Here's another weapon. Go fight some Go. more wars. Yeah. He was allowing Bucky to rest. Just yeah. as much as he allowed himself to rest. Yeah. And passing it on to Falcon, who I think at this point had earned it. Oh, yeah. I feel like he definitely, like, out of all of what Captain America, like, embodies, it's like, Sam actually fits a lot of those things. Like, and you, right. you're right. Like, he's a little rookie, like, compared. Yeah. But that's the whole learn. thing. It's yeah. like, that's exactly like, yeah, I completely agree that it's like, Bucky makes no sense in this universe as Captain. Like, mm-hmm. he just, I don't think he could live up to it. Like right. at all, Nor and it's would like, he want to. yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and yeah. it's just what he's been through, everything else. It just doesn't make sense for him. Right. And it's like for, but for Sam, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, they did such a great thing with that too. Like the recent brothers, and I, I those were my favorite films in the MCU. I, mm-hmm. as a director, they do something with frame rate. They do something. They make an immediacy with their action mm-hmm. scenes. They do things differently than they did before. But the choice to, and for Disney, you know, for what it's worth, because, I mean, they got to okay it, um, to have a black guy at some point mm-hmm. in time possibly yeah. be Captain America. I mean, yeah. if you think about it's it. huge. The juxtaposition, is- I mean, a black guy playing Captain America. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like with the socioeconomic injustices of today, and you've got an African-American, you know, in the name Captain America. Yeah. You know, I think Because America isn't what it was when that character was created right but how great that they're allowing that you know because on the flip side to be told and and and, you know you of all people know that you know michael b jordan wants to be superman you know is it ready for a black superman you know would 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 america accept that where you know disney albeit speaking of the five affinity stones are like hey your captain america is gonna be black and just that's yeah. it. That's how it's it is. You have be, no yeah. choice, you know. So, yeah. You know, and you're still going to go see it because, right. you know, it's going to be great. And I think that was a great choice in them. And then, I mean, this has got nothing to do with what we're talking about, but the fact that they put the first openly gay character, and it was one of the directors in, in the beginning of the film. Yeah. I think that was fantastic because, you know, Disney's yeah. known to keep it buttoned down pretty right. close. And, you know, that PG-13 yeah. rating, so... They've been trying to expand slowly. You can see right. it, but they get a lot of pushback. But it's great that they now have these you know these films that have like this big audience and also very diverse audience right and they're able to bring that in and it's like you know it's not like oh what are you teaching our kids anymore you know yeah. what i mean yeah. it's, very... it's like we're teaching them about how life really yeah, is and very... that's so great because you said it earlier uh captain marvel's new haircut Love traditionally it. women have longer hair you know just it, it's it's they were the you know what i mean mm-hmm. In old Saturns, that's what it is. She has a very uh, a very modern haircut, which right. a lot of people wouldn't consider very feminine. Well, and but she she's the yeah. face of of a leading uh, kind, of, uh, kind of an LGBTQ like push. Very much so. Like she made some strong choices, especially with like her her wardrobe. I thought during the funeral scene, I was like, "That's a power suit." Yeah, like, like right. 
And mm-hmm. she she's been pushing a, Brie Larson has of course been yeah. pushing a lot with Tessa Thompson for Valkyrie and Captain Marvel to have a relationship. I, 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 yeah, I saw and it's that. like the thruple. Sure, why not? Like yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, I just I could not agree with more with mm-hmm. both of you. Like I think it's a great shout. I think it's a great progressive move towards like for me it was uh, it was huge because like did you. Did you guys hear the story of how uh, Anthony Mackie found out? Mm-hmm. Uh, about what? About that Sam Wilson was going to become... No, I don't. So, um, before they started, pretty much the only people who were given full scripts were Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. Okay. Everyone else got just their stuff. Sure. And Anthony Mackie was having drinks with Chris Evans at Chris's house. And Chris Evans was like, hey, so are you excited? And mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie's like, about what? And... Evans jumps out of his chair, runs out of the room, comes back with his script. That's how Anthony Mackie found it. <laughs> how appropriate. And he's, right? Yeah, how and he's, appropriate. He's, he's giving this interview talking about how all this went down. And he was just like, show me the script, show me the scene. He cried. I cried. We cried together. It's amazing. Yeah. And now, and I think like, especially with how volatile our world is today mm. with like racial tensions and all that stuff. Mm. He said it best, you know, being able to let his kids know or show his kids, hey, someone who looks like you can be Captain America. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's huge. That's awesome, me, yeah. like, as somebody who has been a diehard Captain America fan since I was, since I can ever remember, I will never look like Chris Evans. I've never looked like Chris Evans. <laughs> but, like, the idea that, like, um, it's kind of the same story that they told in uh, Spider-Verse where it's like if you believe hard enough and you try your best you can anyone can be Captain America mm-hmm. anybody can be a hero anybody can be all they can be mm-hmm. and it's it's huge for yeah. me I loved that yeah. yeah I absolutely loved that and it wouldn't I think have had the same punch if it had been Bucky oh mm-hmm. sure right. but I love that character so that's sure, yeah. wonderful and I am it really retextualizes the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier show that's coming to Disney Plus. Disney Plus, Disney Plus <laughs> subscription oh, sponsor. <laughs> sponsor. If we um, could get sponsorship, please sponsor us. <laughs> um, but like, that's gonna be. I'm. I was already sold on that show, but now I'm like zoned in yeah. on that. But like, yeah. I think it really like recontextualizes that and really pushes forward. Like, yeah, the story may be over for these characters, but there's so many more stories to tell. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And so, um, gives the shield. Sam even says he's like, uh, Steve goes, "How's it feeling?" He's like, "Like it's somebody else's." Mm-hmm. And Steve goes, "Well, it's not." Mm-hmm. And I just I love that mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that. And then he puts his hand, and we see a ring on Steve's yeah. finger. And Sam goes, "You know, you gonna tell me about her?" And he goes, "No, no I don't it's think I so will." Beautiful. Yeah. And then it fades. And as soon as <laughs> the music starts to kick in, and Sammy can attest to this, I stood up and I went, "Don't do this." No. <laughs> Walked out into the aisle, and I'm standing there going, "No, don't do this to me. Don't do." I was like, doing so good. This amazing song. It's been a long, long time. Plays, and you can immediately tell we're in the past. Car mm-hmm. rolls by, and oh, I'm getting oh teared up about it right now. Wait, it's hard. I oh, I cried. <laughs> um, we see yeah. that cap went back 
and he lived his life with Peggy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, along with with Tony, I think his ending is so poetic. Yeah. Because this is a guy who never got to live his life. Yeah. And always, from the very beginning, put others before himself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. From the moment that he crashed that plane down, even before that, when he jumped on the grenade, mm-hmm. the dummy grenade in yeah. the camp. Yeah. Like, him deciding that I have done enough, I can rest, and I am going to live my life was so... Ha! Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Um, it was it was so beautiful. Yeah. And the fact that there were no words, they're just dancing yeah. together. They just finally got dancing. that dance. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just you know it cuts to black with the that song playing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It's beautiful. I absolutely yeah. loved it. It was a great way to run up. It really was. And uh, I think it was a smart choice to not have a post credit scene. Because mm-hmm. I think that would have cheapened the ending. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we get... We did get a noise, though, huh? We did. And we'll get to it. So we're... <laughs> credits roll. We get that sick sequence of the oh, final sick so of cool. the original six signing their yeah, names on those characters. Awesome. It's like, was, this is going to be it for them. Yeah. The little tribute um, to them was really cute. Yeah. yeah I loved so it. So nice. Loved yeah. it. And then at the very end, we get... The clang. Clang. Yeah. Which clang. So it's subject. What do you think it is? So I'm of three minds of it. Because well, there's three different things that it could yeah. be. Oh, I know, but which do you think it mm-hmm. is? The most. Okay. Your most. So, 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 so for those at home, the three ideas are that A, it's just a tribute to Tony Stark. Mm. Yeah. Tribute to Working Iron Man when he's Iron first Man. making his suit in the cave. B, that it's a sign that someone else is going to be working on an Iron Man suit and someone else will become Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Or C, mm-hmm. I've heard that it's just, it's kind of like a 10 bell salute, but it's six rings for each of the six Avengers. Oh. I didn't believe that at first, but on the third viewing, I waited, I counted it out, and it is six. Six, gotcha. So I think it's. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> I, I think it's both A and C. I think it's a tribute them saying goodbye to Tony and them also doing the six rings as kind of the ten bell salute for the original six. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is? I think it's uh, them saying goodbye to Tony. Okay. What do you think? I think it's someone coming up. I think it's someone building a new suit or doing something like that. Because, right. I mean, we're not just saying goodbye to Tony. Like, we're saying goodbye to, like, other characters, too. I right. mean, I'd, yeah. like, is Chris Evans going to ever come back? Like... You know what I mean? Right. It's That's like true. so for me I'm like why would we just only salute him at the end? That's it fair. just does to me at least like is mine. And I'm like and it's just also we just pass the torch for like Captain America. Do we pass the torch for Tony? Like yeah, of course there's like war machine stuff like but in like to me, I'm like, who is that new Iron Man? You know what right. I mean? Like, is that something that's coming now? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, his so daughter, who people have said yeah. that she's gonna be like a genius, like he is, and yeah, but she's yeah. also five. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, I I think in the comics they had a uh, Riri Williams recently mm-hmm. take up the Iron Man armor for a couple of years. Yeah, and she's I, now Ironheart. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if they gave that storyline to Shuri. Mm. Sure. Because she is just as smart, if not smarter, Super than Tony smart. and, yeah. and Bruce. Yeah. So I can easily see her doing that. Yeah. Um, That's a good Also idea. talking about passing mm-hmm. the torch, we did see that uh, Thor passed on leadership of Asgard to Valkyrie. Yes. Um, I'm super stoked about that. Yes, I love because, that. Because uh, Tessa Thompson has even said that Taika Waititi has pitched Thor 4. Yes. So we don't know if that would be with 
Valkyrie the lead role or whatever because Thor is off with the Guardians of the Galaxy. As Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy. That is going to be so good. I loved the scene. They were so good. I cannot wait for more uh, Rocket and Thor scenes. And just just Thor with all of them. And Hemsworth. The moment where he's just like, we all know who's in charge. Yeah, I know. And then everyone's like... Me. Of course. Of course. Of course. Like, I love that. And just like their whole interaction with the rest of the Guardians too, where it's like, Nebula's like, I think you should fight each other for it. Yeah, exactly. And then like... And Vance is like, oh, yes, he was nice. Like, it's going to be incredible. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to be great, especially now that we do have James Gunn back And Hemsworth, um, he's saying he'll do it for as long as we'll have him. Absolutely. Evans is out, we know that. Uh, RDJ, did you speak of, did you see what his uh, payroll accordingly was? Oh, and he's going to be getting more because on the back end from just revenue for box office. 75 million up front. That is... Yeah. Not a bad way to retire. Right? <laughs> yeah. and so it, 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 it's great because I think Hemsworth, along paired with, uh, I loved him in Ragnarok. I will Absolutely. love him in Guardians Three, and I think that as long as he has someone really good to work off right. with, that would be he's, he's great. I don't know if he can carry it by himself. I don't well, know. and I, and I think we've seen a lot in like uh, Passovers, especially in the comics. Like, there's always someone from the old guard just sure. to represent the old guard, and I could easily see that being Thor. Yeah, because there's he's still got a lot of legs, yeah, for his for that character, especially now that he's really made that his own. Absolutely, after Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, that is pretty much everything that happens in Endgame. I'm gonna throw Ooh. something out to oh. really suspense and surprise. I want to know what you would rate it out of five, because we do these arbitrary geek explained ratings. <laughs> for I love film. ratings. I love ratings. Out of five stars. How would you rate it, Chris? I would go four and a half only because I don't believe in giving five stars. That's I'm fair. I'm one of those people that don't believe That's in fair. the only perfection I've seen. Again, I go back to myself. With Jaws, probably give me a, I would probably give Jaws a five stars. Okay. I might give Halloween five, maybe four and three quarters, but no. This is four and a half. The new oh, one, right? No, oh. definitely not. <laughs> Jason Blum, I'm sorry. Uh, but, <laughs> but well, Jason Blum does listen to the podcast. <laughs> Well, if you need a writer, look me up. Um, but I would definitely say four and a half because okay. I, I don't believe in a perfect. St- but I, you know, there are things that I I believe it could have been tightened up a little bit. I mean, fair. You know, I know I said, and we all said that. You know, I like to give them space to breathe. But there are a couple of things. It was three hours runtime. Right. Probably could have got it around two hours and forty five minutes. But if you're already there. Might give them well. the extra exactly yeah. it's like you know you're already the extra large you get the triple extra large it's fine <laughs> you know but uh but no i uh, i would say four and a half for sure all five. right so chris is up to four and a half stars shields actually four and a half shields how many shields would you give this film jess <laughs> um i give this five shields Ooh, yeah. going for it five shields it. all right oh come on well i i do i would say that my rating is probably a little more on like the Netflix rating where you're like oh yeah this is one of my this is a film I will watch again and again and again and it's what I want you to give me more suggestions for yeah. like, <laughs> Fair. so Fair. that's my yeah I would put that because I do I think I have a few MCU ones that are in the five star range like probably my top five are all five stars oh we're getting to it oh gosh <laughs> but yeah so that's for me I'm, I was super happy with it like I said what about you Eric see it's tough because like I said I I pretty much loved everything about this movie. I cried four times. <laughs> more times than I've ever cried in an MCU movie before. 
Any other movie? It gave... Probably any other movie, to be honest. <laughs> um, it gave me an incredible feeling just all over the place. At every turn, each of the three hours felt like a blue buy for me. I still hold on to the idea that Thor the Dark World should not be required <laughs> reading to watch this film. That being said, I cannot in good conscience give it anything less than five shields. Oh. Five shields Dang. for me. It's five shields. It is two. possibly, probably the greatest comic book movie ever. Uh, so we have five shields for me, five shields for Jess, mm-hmm. and four and a half shields for Chris. Mm-hmm. We are now, speaking of the top five, um, if you've been following along, if you have been listening, I have been on a quest to rank every single MCU film from worst to best. <laughs> I've been ranking them all throughout the past month and a half, and it is time to put Endgame in its rank. To catch everyone up, including yes. present company. Yes. yes, we don't know. My Because they don't listen to the podcast. We listen. But, they do. Um, <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to listen to the podcast if you're on the podcast. So, so far, these are the rankings that we currently have. At number 21, Thor the Dark World. Number 20. Oh my god, that was so shocking. I know, right? super surprising. Big shock to everybody involved. Number 20, Incredible Hulk, just edged out. Number 19, Iron Man 2. Number 18, Iron Man 3. Number 17, Thor. Number 16, Doctor Strange. Number 15, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Number 14, Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. Number 13, Captain America the First Avenger. Number 12, Captain Marvel. Number 11, I know. Number 11, Iron Man. Number 10, Ant-Man. That one hurt more. Number 9, Black Panther. Number 8, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number 7, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Number 6, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Top five, my current top five. At number five is Avengers Assemble, the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. At number four, Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. At number three, Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. At number two, Avengers Infinity War. And at oh, number wow. one, Captain yeah. America the Winter Soldier. Wow. Those are my current, current. standings. So. Before we get into the placement of Endgame among this, mm-hmm. let me just I, look at your list. Yeah, go for it. Go ahead. I asked both Chris and Jess to think about their top five films, how they would rank the MCU in their top five. Mm-hmm. So, do we do we want to say Endgame is is factored into your top fives? Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, okay. I've, so yes, the, so then factor. I will yes. I will place Endgame into yes. Into it's got to be in the top five, obviously. Yes. Um, oh, that's tough. Because um, I I have been a champion for Winter Soldier for as long as it's been out. I that's probably mm-hmm. the the MCU film that I saw the most. I saw it five times in the theater. I loved Captain America: Before the Winter movie Soldier passed, too. Before I movie passed, before the age of movie I passed, I was, the money. I was paying full price. Um, and proudly, I've paid full price for all of my showings of <laughs> Avengers Endgame. 
But um, they deserve the money. They deserve to they beat Avatar. So anyway, RDJ um, thanks you. RDJ thanks you. Our Lord and Savior, RDJ. Um, but Captain America: The Winter Soldier, I think, has been the tightest and most just the best MCU film out of all of them for a very long time, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I would have to say that Avengers Endgame, for everything that it does, edges out Winter Soldier by just this oh much. Oh my so, goodness. So we have a new king on the mountain. Wow. Give me your shields. We, I know. <laughs> but we gave it five shields. Yeah. <laughs> so my top five now stands as thus. Uh-huh. Thor Ragnarok at number five. Mm. Captain America Civil War at number four. Avengers Infinity War at number three, Captain America the Winter Soldier at number two, and Avengers Endgame wow. at number one. The top four is all wow. Russo brothers. Yes. All oh Russo God. brothers. Yes. Great. They Deservedly great so, choice. absolutely. Yes. I absolutely agree. Good point. So, uh, that is... Do you is... think you will change your mind maybe later when it settles down? It's possible. Down. It's, it's possible. Very... I'm still on a high. You, you still even, uh, just for the audience, yeah, he has ahead. notes on here where he has switched spots for things. I have. <laughs> where he has wrote it in and then he has switched it, being and, like, just, oh, maybe this movie's and better. This, this written list that I have, for the viewers at home, this written list that I have <laughs> was already four drafts in. This is my fourth <laughs> draft. Before I made any of these edits... So this is technically the fifth draft (laughs) of this before we went into the recording today. I know we're gonna have to rewrite it again for all twenty-two. We gotta get you on a spreadsheet Uh, or nah, man, nah, man. You make your (laughs) changes viewable for the world. (laughs) If you make a mistake, you own it. (laughs) But um, so yeah, those are my top five. Avengers Assemble. Avengers is an incredible film. Yeah, I think Avengers and. the first Avengers and Thor Ragnarok are two of the most rewatchable films in the entire MCU. Yeah. If not the most. I think they're tied for the most. Mm-hmm. But uh, Avengers Endgame is incredible. Yeah. So, um... Very now, turning it over to you guys, <sighs> who would like to go first for Jessica their top wants to go five? First. <laughs> Jessica wants to like go first. All right. <laughs> so, volunteering is tribute. <laughs> Jess, what is your top five... MCU ranking starting at number five. Oh, now we gotta think. Okay, okay, okay. There's um, his list. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Okay. I had it in my head, but now I'm just like, I could do one through five. So, okay. I guess right now, currently, I would put number five as Captain Marvel. Boo. Oh, wow. All right. Love it. Okay. <laughs> Hot take. Okay. Um,. And it's and again that might be something that fades in time possibly, but um, it, it, you know it's very much I've been a huge like that that film was very much made for like girls and for chicks and it yeah it hit a chord with me the way like we were talking about how all these other characters are someone you can like um, sympathize with or like you know at least like be like oh yeah like that person's living the way I would or whatever um, it's kind of the same thing the way that you could connect to a character in this film it's like. <clears throat> For me, Captain Marvel was very much a character that I could connect with, that I was like, oh god, yeah. Like, right. that struggle of, like, trying to do better, trying to do better, and fighting these things, and all. Like, love that. So, yeah, for me, and, it, like, I'm not usually a fan of, like, buddy cop movies. Like, Thor Ragnarok is not actually gonna uh, be a very high on my list. It's what? probably, it's more, it might be middle, but yeah, like, it's not, I'm not a huge fan of those kinds of movies, and this was the first one that I kind of was like, yeah, I could dig this buddy cop. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Fury, yeah. Okay. Okay, All right. so, so that's so that one. Five. 
Uh, number four is uh, the first Iron Man. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one's always been really high for me. I think I I really yeah. There's something about that film that I just magic in a bottle. Yeah, yeah. it's very much off, yeah. It it, yeah, and I think if it wasn't a strong movie like that, I don't know how far I would have gotten into this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that really sparked it for me. That it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I like this kind of superhero. For sure, yeah. Well, it was very different from all the Mm -hmm. superhero films that had come before it. Yes, which is why. A a great character for that, too. Which is so funny, because he was such a B-list superhero at that point. Oh, my God, yeah. He was nothing. Like, the Avengers, like, nobody cared about the Avengers. No. And it was like, you had to be a real deep, like, hardcore fan to be a fan of the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Alright, so that was number four. So number three, I would put Civil War. Okay, at, nice. I love Civil Good War. Good pick. Civil War like was one number one for a long time. I really love Civil War. So that means two is endgame. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. And one's Infinity War. Wow. Okay, <laughs> nice. Nice. A top three Russo. I like yeah. it. Why, so why so Infinity War? I yes. Put, why, yeah. I, I'm interested. Why Infinity War above and, and, and this is it was, it was a little difficult to think about, but um God, I really love the story of like Thanos being like like he's it's like his story mm-hmm. and his, the, his ideas and the way we follow him and just also like there's something so great about that shock value and what happened at the end of that movie right. where it's just our hero is completely lost like mm-hmm. I don't there's something about it feeling so real like that that I really dug um yeah I think the, the just won. yeah and then for some reason that like that storytelling really felt good. I love how Endgame wraps everything up. I really, really do. But man, like the setup for it, I feel like yeah, yeah. I, I, there's a part of me that goes, I could watch. I will probably watch that one. Oh God, it's gonna be so hard. I'm gonna tough. watch them both together. <laughs> right. But like, I have no problem watching the you know. Uh, Infinity War before in game. Like sometimes yeah. you're like, oh, I gotta watch this one to get to this movie. It's yeah, like, no, right. this is very much a like, oh, if I'm in the mood for like Infinity War, then I'll watch in game too. Yeah. Like, yeah, and it, I would be really interested to see like a cut where it's like mm-hmm. you put both of them together. Sure. And it's yeah. like a whole five hour experience. Yeah. Like I would be really interested to see how they would. I don't know, blend the ending to the beginning of that. Because that's, like, it's truly, like, it's mm-hmm. a five-act play. Yes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a Shakespeare. Yeah. Like, it is an incredible, incredible film. Yeah. So, yeah, so to recap, your you're number five... Was Captain Marvel. Number four. Iron Man. Number three. Civil War. Number two. Endgame. Number one. Infinity War. All right, nice. All right, so we've heard from Jess... Chris, it is on you. What is your number five? Okay, I think that uh, uh, Winter Soldier for me. I know it's your number okay, one. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. I do number not, five is your Winter Soldier. I really started liking uh, what the Rooster Brothers are doing, and you can see a difference, and you can see the palette that <clears throat> the MCU painted their first stories with. Absolutely. And then when somebody comes in and kind of changes that a little bit, the subtleties become big differences. And so watching, the, and I go back to the frame rate. I go back to the way they cut the action. I go back to the way they cut the chasings. Describe what you mean. Well, for fra- for, very familiar for with frame that. rate, it, it's when, when you're when you're doing a fight scene, and, and like hand to hand, big, much, very much so in hand to hand. Where you you jack up a frame rate so things look faster, they're more crisp. They're not the, the motion blur that's normally there yeah. isn't. A great example of this is in Saving Private Ryan. That's not a fighting movie, but it is a an action movie. Right. So where the camera moves when there's when when bullets spurt, when people fall, 
there's less of a motion blur. There's a much more visceral effect when the oh, directors okay. use it to make it look more immediate. It's yeah. very common practice in fight scenes. Um, a lot of times, and ironically enough, though, the first time I saw it in a Marvel film was when the Rooster Brothers took over, um, which is why arguably the uh, Captain America trilogy of films is is my favorite. But anyway, that's my number five. All right, number five, mm-hmm. number four. Number four is the Avengers. The first uh, Avengers, the first nice. Avengers, because there's so many, there's so many lines in that one oh, line. Is mm. you people are so it was an event for small yeah. and puny, yeah, and, tiny. you know, yeah, they're yeah. tiny, you know what I mean, petty and tiny, and you know what? It's like there, there are so many great one liners about that, and then you know when Hulk says, "That's my secret cap," I'm always angry. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these little things that are... That's that a good are, point. There's a lot of, like... Yeah, it's like, to me, and, you, you know, this is the first time these characters are, are bouncing off each other, and I think they do a great job creating conflict with that. Because it'd be easy to be like, hey, yeah, we're on the same team, let's all kick some ass and move forward. But it was never about that. There was right. always internal conflict, which which I think will get to my number one. But but I think that was a big part of it, and I loved watching that. When that was on... If it's on, I'm going to watch it. Definitely. It's that simple. All right, so number three. My number three is going to go ahead and be Endgame. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. For, nice. You know, for the same reason everybody's talking about, it's 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 a closure. I love closure. I love closure Absolutely. in stories when you it's know the Return of the King. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. And it's just you get to you get you're along for the ride, and this is the end of my. I get off on this stop. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, but you're fortunate enough to have watched all of this. Right. So that's that that's yeah that that that's why. And of course, it's it's amazing when when Captain America picks up. Uh, the hammer and he's holding his shield and the hammer and he's got you know his helmet on it's just this moment of like badassery mm-hmm. there's no other word for it badassery right. you know what for I mean sure. so I thought that was a great shot and of course with with, uh, with Tony dying and you know it was just a, it was it was it was an adventure and you get to be along for the ride right alright alright so number two my number two is going to be Infinity War nice and, nice and so you have it ranked above Endgame just like Jess does. Yes, but okay. for a different reason. I, I was Go. listening to what you said, and I agree with what Jessica was saying, but as an audience member, you knew something bad was going to happen. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's impossible to avoid certain things. And, dread. And, and, well, but, like, you know going in that there are external circumstances that are going to affect what comes out. You know that uh, Evans was going to be out of acting after this. You knew that uh. RDJ was going to get a huge salary. You knew that certain things were going to happen in the acting world that was going to affect the film part right. of it. So for me, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, there's a finality to this, but you don't know what. So while we watched Endgame, it was the closure of, of, of the Thanos part of it. You didn't know how it was going to go. I didn't know he was going to snap his finger and disappear half the people. Yeah. So being along for that and knowing that you have a bad guy, and then Jessica said something I want to piggyback off it in terms of Thanos, where... You have a villain who truly believes in what he's doing is right. And the last time I felt that way was Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. He felt that he was right in what he did and the, and, and, and the means that he was doing was justified right. by the results of it. Yeah. So when Thanos tells a story about, hey, my planet, and again, uh, an allegory to the world where there's 7 billion people here, close to 10, mm-hmm. um, eventually there's going to be a tipping point when there's right. not going to be enough food to feed all these people. Yeah. So while it is a horrible idea to, to, to present, but you present it in the form of... It's practical. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that is really something. So to have a villain, you kind of like, I see your point. Right. You're not just some one-note villain like, and power! It's, and really like framing you know, him as the hero of the story. Too. Sure. That film definitely is, is a Thanos movie. Yeah. Right. I thought that was that was fine. I, I liked it a lot. So, if Infinity War is not your number one, if Endgame is not, not your number, number one, one, what is your number one? 
You don't know my number one? I know it. Do you know my number yeah. one? Yeah. What's my number one, Eric? Civil War. It's so... Captain America Civil War. Uh, yeah. Now. Okay. I am going to preface this with by saying I think Captain America Civil War is the most important movie in the entire MCU. It's so good. Yeah. I am going to say because if Civil War doesn't happen, I don't think Infinity War happens. Mm-hmm. Right. The last third, I think, of those films yeah. maybe don't happen. The entire Phase 3, really, like... Yeah. Because Phase 3 started with Civil War. Like, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, uh, but tell me, why it is your number one? Well... For the same reason, I really enjoy the conflict that happens in the first Avengers, where it would be easy for them to say, "Let's, you know, let's go kick some ass," but it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. And I think that when you have a villain, because if I were to ask you who is the villain of Civil War, who would you who would you say? I mean, Zemo, but easily if you were on Team Cap like I am, <laughs> sure. it would be Iron Man. Okay, so I don't see it that way. Of course, and, and, but that's the great. So when I you have a that. conversation, well, who do you think the villain of Civil War is, Jessica? Like their no, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> She's being, that was very diplomatic. Very, very no, diplomatic. I was always Team Tony, so see, and, and that's <laughs> I'm Team Tony too. Like you know, and I think it's because when you can have conversations like this, yeah. when your villain isn't truly identified, because people can identify with different main characters. I mean, they're not really a villain; they're just main characters. Right. So you've got someone. Who I totally see why Tony would do what he did. I Absolutely. totally take his side. But if you know, if I were in Cab's shoes, I could see that too. Like I'm very right. close to my mom. Yeah. So if something happened to my parents, of course, let's let light fire the motherfucker and get some marshmallows type of thing. Right. And that's kind of you know where Tony's kind of coming from about that. So, but it's a conflict. You have two Absolutely. main characters who at this point have three films dedicated to them. Uh, two. Uh, team up films. You got Avengers and Age of Ultron, yeah. and at this point in this in this arc in, in in the journeys, now all of a sudden there is the very divisive event where you're on one side or you're on the other side, and that's yeah. kind of the end of it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like to see two main characters who audiences just love. You know, people love mm-hmm. Iron Man. If you ask someone who's your favorite Avenger, it's you either know, Iron Man or Captain exactly. America. Exactly. Yeah. And here we have a film that has them hit against each other yeah it's so great and so that is absolutely great for me no matter what it would take it, it would not be nothing short of a miracle for another MCU film to come out that would have to supersede at this point for me Civil War but alright so to recap number five my number five wow that's it's uh, Winter Soldier yeah number four is gonna be Avengers number three it's gonna be uh, Endgame number two Infinity War and number one Civil War Nice. Yeah. I, I I really like how, like, of course there are constants in all of our mm-hmm. lists, but there are diff- vast differences, too. Yeah. yeah. I really, really we like that. We all have Infinity War, Endgame, and Civil War yeah, in our top five, but then the, our other twos are, like, different. Very different. And I, and I think that's so interesting yeah. that you would rank Thor Ragnarok so low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, would, I would be interested, like, we're obviously... We haven't given them any prep time, so I'm not going to have you rank all 22 <laughs> of them now. But, like, I would be interested to see where you would put certain stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like, especially, like, when I did this list, I rewatched all of them. Not yeah. all in one sitting, but, yeah. like, I really needed that kind of contextualization. And, like, you said, like, I moved around a lot of yeah. stuff after watching. Like, I forgot how fun Iron Man 2 is. Yeah. That movie has a lot of problems. There's a lot yeah. of Like, a lot of yeah. problems. But, like, the opening is great. All of Tony's different suits. The suit-up scene mm. with his Mark V with the suitcase armor. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. 
Sam Rockwell is just in Hammer steals the show in every scene. Mm. Like it's He's incredible. it's a fun yeah. film, but it's nowhere near the level of other films that are in this franchise. Right. But then there are other films that I rewatched, like Doctor Strange, that I don't, I don't think as good of a film as it is holds up over time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's, it's it's super interesting, especially like, and I love that we can have conversations like this across like a twenty-two film, eleven-year yes. franchise, yeah. oh and we're we'll be having this conversation, I'm sure, about Avengers fifty. Yeah, like, yes. you know? <laughs> like, oh my god! In ten years' time, like <laughs> we'll be it's, fighting over who our favorite, like, uh, like no, it's Sam kid. Wilson, Captain America. Yeah, exactly. no, it's Captain Marvel, our like Civil War two. Yeah, oh you yeah, it's like mean? first class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's I'm I'm so excited. Now, you can't of, beat the first ones. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, yeah. uh, to kind of finish things off, where do you guys think they go next? Because we know Phase 4 is coming. They have, Kevin Feige has said they have films planned up until 2029. Yeah. Did you hear how they said um, that Far From Home Spider-Man's like, actually still is the end of Phase 3? Like, yeah, they're, it's they're... It, it, kind of like the way that Ant-Man was the mm-hmm. end of Phase 2. Yeah. Like... So we know nothing so about Endgame any of the films. The end of Phase Three. They're like, no. Well, it was. Then. It was the final chapter. This is like the epilogue. Yeah. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I like it's, the, it's, it's I like the, coda. the way you put it yeah. that way because I was like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> how it's dare like the afterword. But that's not a, even though Spider-Man is a Marvel property. It's not. Is it considered in the MCU universe? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well yeah. Even it's, though it's, it's Tom Holland and it's there. But it's, they're talking about all of the MCU stuff. They're talking about Endgame spoilers in the trailer. Right. Yeah. Th- which is interesting because I guess, yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess, it's hard for me to kind of fathom. because well, I know it's, it's, still was, a, it's still a joint venture between, between Marvel and Sony, Sony and Marvel in the same way that Homecoming but was. But that was a two-picture deal, if I believe, right? Where yeah, it's so, like, well, we, and we're not sure where that... Well, it was two-picture deal... For solos, uh-huh. and then he would show up in Avengers movies. So we're not sure exactly where that goes, mm-hmm. but especially if Far From Home does well, and with the amount of love that Tom Holland Spider Man gets, yeah, I don't see them breaking that that relationship anytime sure. soon. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. It, it, that that that'll even be with how like successful Venom was, with it being like more self contained, I don't see them like being like, nah, Spider Man's ours now. Yeah. Really? I wonder. I, because, I don't know. So, Sony you know, Sony messes up a lot, but I think everybody's right? looking at Fox now and going, ugh. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know. Well, now don't want to end up like a Fox. Don't do that. Not, well, there is, now it's Disney. Yeah. So, but with Phase 4 coming up, where do you think they go next? We know nothing about any of the Phase 4 films uh, mm-hmm. besides potentially Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Well, I think that's where they, that, I think that's where they start. I think okay. that to reclaim some of that yeah. star power, uh-huh. I think they're going to have to, you know, Chris Pratt is an A-list actor. Hemsworth right. is an A-list actor. Uh, I think that there are people involved with that. Um, Rocket is now uh, a commodity right. really recognized within the MC. Not that he wasn't before, but I mean... Now he's yeah. on that level. He's and, a household name. And the big part of what made Thor Ragnarok so memorable is it allowed Hemsworth to really kind of play. And I think yeah. that he has great chemistry with Pratt. I think that we've already seen his branching off with Rocket. So I think that that's kind of where it's, in my mind, that's where it starts. But I know that the uh, Doctor Strange 2 is going to be big. I think the Black Panther is going to be because, Definitely. you know, we ranked mm-hmm. our top five. Black Panther wasn't any of our top five. No. But... Mm-hmm. It is this. Wait, I think believe the second or third highest ranked MCU film that there is. Unlike what, like Rotten Tomatoes uh-huh. or 
Probably. And not just that. It's definitely up there in the top earnings, five. I think. Earnings wise. Too. Earnings wise. Oh, it's, it's really. Yeah, yeah, lots of. Well, that was a cultural event. Mm-hmm. Like, but that film was incredible. Right, mm-hmm. to, and to think that it would. You know, it would to think that it would stop. I think it might be short sighted. You right, know what I mean, and not that not that anybody's saying it would. Of course, but like I think that because it did so well for them, it would be another flagship. Because Definitely. at this point, you know, it's odd to hear Marvel talking about ten poles for the future because yeah. they've had so many commodities and IPs to carry those ten and, e- and even though those have been wildly successful, it's always kind of come back to the original six. Sure, because mm-hmm. they knew they could. Right, so they're going to have to come up with a new like prime team a new yeah. six and or a new be, seven or however many it's going to be interesting to see how the Disney plus uh, service really affects that yeah yes because I mean they have they have A-list actors they have Tom right. Hiddleston they have um, Sebastian Stan they have Anthony uh, Mackie thank you um, and then um, Vision and like, yeah and Scarlet Witch yeah so, and Feige has said that these are all just as important as the other MCU films. So maybe that's part of it too. Right. So, but who knows? I, I, at this point, I, your guess is as good as mine. Although yeah. I believe a Guardians three and a Black Panther two will be the next. Yeah. Big nice. ones. All right. Oh, yes. Captain Marvel. Anyway, it's so good. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, did I hear there was a, a Black Widow movie too? There is. Yeah. There is a Black Widow, but and we're not sure what exactly you're, is happening with that. Do, Where yeah. I've heard that it's a prequel. Yeah. But I mean, what else do you think? Uh, yeah, there's no story to tell in a prequel, right? There would be, oh, absolutely. I still want to see Budapest. I want to film all about Budapest. Can you imagine that? That would be fantastic. Yeah. Use some of that de aging stuff on Jeremy Renner and get Whoa. him all young Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. I would, it's, it's kind of sad that it's come so late. It feels a little like. I don't know. I hope they do good with it because it's Agreed. just, yeah, it's it's yeah. something that I feel like people asked for a while ago and they yeah. didn't get, and then now well, Scarlett Johansson has been yeah, of course, it for like, so long. Yeah, exactly. And then now with more success with like Captain Marvel and yeah. female movies, That's they're like, point. oh, right. yeah, there is a following for oh, we this. Can do we this. can do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they'll have to use kind of who's left. To kind of launch the next people, you know what I mean? Like I feel very right. much like that's the next move. Mm-hmm. Is that? And I think it is. I think it'll be like you know, kind of the introduction of a lot of the other characters that came around, where it's like they show up in someone else's film, and then you know what I mean? Like, so I think it'll be something like that. Like if they do Guardians of the Galaxy, then it's like okay, then we'll bring like Valkyrie more in, and we'll see how she kind of oh, steps true. up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Much more like, interconnected. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. True. I think they'll have to do it's stuff okay. like that. But I mean, I don't think you can just let go what you've established now which is the whole, you know, we've got to see a new Captain America, we've got to see these, you know, um, these new people stepping up. and Yeah. yeah. How about you? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we're going to be stretching a lot into, like, Marvel Cosmic a lot because mm-hmm. we've been slowly making that push with Guardians, mm-hmm. with Thor, with Doctor Strange even. Yeah. Dealing with a lot of, like, space-bound and magic stuff, mm-hmm. like, really touching these kind of corners of mm-hmm. the MCU Captain that we Marvel really haven't touched yet. Captain, Captain Marvel yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Some, some of my favorite scenes from Captain Marvel yeah. were the space scenes. Yeah. So, like, I <laughs> really... I I think we're going to be pushing a lot towards that. I could... Because Phase 4, Phase 5, whatever... Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Feige has already said that the X-Men and the Fantastic Four really don't factor into the next five years. So the next five, like five years, should. is going to be the soonest. Yeah, which I think is good. You let those IPs is. rest, I think that so is, that when yeah. they come in, they'll be fresh. Yeah, imagine recasting been, Hugh Jackman. Oh, oh you know what I mean? God. It's like yeah. that's going to be. Oh, 
And it's just, yeah, it's to that point now where it's, it's gotten a little exhausting. Like, right? you know, you get your hopes up every time. And <laughs> for different, you know, for Fantastic Four or whatever. Like, all these other ones. It's yeah. just like, uh, no. And, and I, I can imagine that they would want to bring in certain characters that are related to those IPs. Mm-hmm. Like, I think um, one thing I thought was really interesting was uh, in Endgame they talked about like some big earthquake under the ocean so I was gonna ask you about that I have heard and it would make sense to me that that is an easter egg for Namor right because Namor is officially back in uh, back under the um, Disney Marvel banner he is technically considered the first mutant in Marvel Comics Mm -hmm. and uh, I think it'd be a great shout to bring him in yeah, I read um, the same thing. I was yeah. going to ask you about that because up here I've heard about Galactus possibly. Yeah. I've heard about. I think Galactus is like a like that's a big thing. Like, that's like a phase five, phase six kind of thing. Yeah. Bigger it's than like, twenty two movies. I think I think shh, this guy eats planets. Like yeah, yeah. he's huge. He's, yeah, I think so. But I I mean I could see in phase four them moving on to someone like Kang. Kang the Conqueror, mm-hmm. since we've already talked about like time travel and stuff, mm. I can see them. Oh, I saw. Yes, I've read about that one. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them doing the Annihilation Wave. Oh, I think gosh. that would be fit. The Annihilation Wave was like this big. It's basically just this like universe-ending swarm that like just consumes planets as it goes. Like, like that's. Oh yes. Oh yeah. It's, it's kind I of like this, this ever encroaching. Like it's made up of millions of different. Uh, basically all the same hive from the uh, basically from the negative zone and they just they are corrosive they eat they consume like and it's just across planets very Langolierish yes absolutely and so that in the comics is what brought together the original modern day version of the Guardians of the Galaxy that we know Mm -hmm. they weren't a team until this event happened in the comics really great also involved Thanos because he got involved and he had to now work with the Avengers to kind of find a way to solve this so I think they could go with that if they wanted to keep stretching out to Marvel Cosmic I really thought before Captain Marvel was going to be Secret Invasion Mm. Secret Invasion is so focused it's a scroll story where you basically find out that for years possibly decades scrolls have been infiltrating the superhero community on Earth as whether sleeper agents or just like undercover for whatever mm-hmm. to eventually usurp supplant and completely eradicate the human race and take the earth as their own mm. and so I thought with the introduction of them in Captain Marvel I was like we're setting up for secret invasion that's what yeah. it's going to be but then talk about subverting expectations again like where they went and made the scrolls Com- yeah completely yeah. like uh, sympathetic figures mm-hmm. and they do talk about how there are different like um, sections of them so I can yeah. easily see them being A like oh this like group of radical mm-hmm. uh, religious sect comes in and is yes. trying to do that I could totally see them doing yeah. that and them having to like maybe go find Talos again and have mm-hmm. him yeah. help mm-hmm. them out or whatever but I don't know I, f- I feel like now that we've kind of opened the door we're going to be pushing farther into weirder stuff like they've talked about um, Hulu's now doing a Ghost Rider show oh yeah, yeah. Saw, as well as the Hellstrom show they're gonna be really digging into like the Midnight Suns mm. which is like the, uh, the kind of more dark occult corner of the Marvel Universe mm. so 
They've got a lot of room. Yeah. They've got a lot is, of different directions they can go. It's which pretty is cool. It's been like opened up. You know what I mean? Like we, you know, I I said Iron Man was like one of my tops and stuff, and it's like we were talking about. You were like, it's a completely different movie for its time. You know what I mean? As far as like superheroes, when it was a different take on it, kind of and stuff, and then it opened up this whole world that like you know we just went through. And it's like, and that has opened up, yeah, things like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like, if they had tried to do that, you yeah. know, 10 years ago. Can you imagine going from yeah. Iron Man to Guardians of the Galaxy? There's no, no way. way. Yeah. So yeah. you're absolutely right. Like, we've gone and we've taken these steps and, like, it's become more and more like, oh, yeah, we accept this. We accept that. We, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, we like that. I mean, yeah. hell, you looked at uh, Thor's outfit from way back when and we're like, what? <laughs> I was yeah. I was into that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so now it's like, you're right. They could introduce, like, as so long as they much. do it the right way, then, like, they can bring in a lot of interesting things now. And that's, that's going to, I think, be the really telling part is, like, as long as they do it the right way, the mm-hmm. way that they did, like really take the Guardians of the Galaxy as seriously as they could while still injecting a weird sensibility to it. Sure. So, I don't know. It's I think one thing we can all agree on is the future for the MCU is still pretty bright. Very bright. Even yeah. after, you know, closing the book on this chapter. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think that's, that's pretty much it. That's yeah. what we're gonna end off on the future's looking bright the past has been incredible and uh the present is almost passing avatar for the highest grossing movie of all time oh my god! i goodness. can't believe it who would have thought that two, two billion dollars in 11 days yeah, in two weeks so it's crazy awesome. it's crazy so, we're gonna wrap it up there uh feel free to let's uh, let me know what you thought of the film whether you liked it whether you disliked it let me know what your uh, top five, what your list would be. I would love to have that conversation with you. Feel free mm-hmm. to reach out to us at Pod on Instagram and Twitter or through email to geeksplain at gmail.com because I'm an old man and I still read emails. <laughs> so, um, thank you guys thank for you. Uh, you, uh, giving me the time to sit down and talk about this. Yeah. It's it's it is a cultural event and it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So there's to... milestones in our friendship. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it means yeah, like we used to be talking about it's entertainment, but it's it's so much more and it's so much more to so many different people. Right. Yeah. So for uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. So uh, once again, thanks guys for doing this. Yeah, thanks um, for having us, man. We will get you back right next week. Same geek time, same geek channel. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Once again, want to give a big thank you to Jessica and Chris for uh, joining me on that discussion. I had a wonderful time talking to them about it. We covered a lot of topics, and I mean a lot of topics. This uh, this episode is going to be clocking in right around three and a half hours, so just as long as uh, basically longer than the actual film, which I figured was going to happen um but yeah i had a great time i'm going to do a quick wrap up just because i know this episode has been going on a really long time but it's something that we're passionate about it's a cultural event that has really touched the hearts and minds of millions of people um and you can see that both in the love that they share on social media as well as the uh gross box office for the film people have been going back two three four five times i've 
been to see it three times. I might even go back for a fourth. Who knows? But um, I hope you enjoyed this discussion, this spoiler-filled discussion. Um, I loved having Jessica and Chris on. If you liked them, if you liked getting their perspective on things, liked knowing, like, you know, having somebody to kind of gel off of me, I normally do this on my own as you know but it's always good to bounce ideas off of each other so if you'd like to have uh them on a little bit more often let me know and i will do my best to uh get us together more often for discussions just like this one but uh yeah that is going to do it for this week's episode make sure to tune in next week same geek time same geek channel but for now for geek explain this is eric azana thank you very much and i mean very much for listening to this giant-sized episode of geek explained and we will see you next time Kiss me once again It's been a long